No Clues Disclaimer for this podcast. Hey there, all you anime adventurers and voice acting veterans out there. Let me tell you, it is not easy staying in prime podcast shape every single week. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody out there thinks all you have to do to be a voiceover artist is to just say some funny things into a microphone and that's all you gotta do. But let me tell you, they do not know the grueling work that you have to undertake every single day to stay in the top shape that you can be. That is why we're going to give you the disclaimer workout. Follow these easy steps and you too could one day be this good looking. I mean, uh, you too could be DubTalk certified. Let's go. One, the DubTalk podcast may contain language that is not suitable for younger bodybuilders. Listener discretion is advised. Second, there will definitely be spoilers for any and all anime being discussed. So if you have not finished How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift or any of the other anime being discussed, we highly advise you go watch those shows before continuing with this podcast. Ah, I can feel my legs on fire. Third, oh my god. The opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the Dub Talk Podcast as a whole. Somebody tell me now. Alright, I think think we got it. Can you feel that burn? That's just the endorphins kicking in. I, I I think you're ready to be a certified Dub Talk listener. And remember, true strength comes from within. Seventeen. Eighteen. One more, man. One more. Nineteen. You were almost there. Twenty. That's what uh, I'm talking woo. about. That's oh, a str- yeah. That's a strong flex right there. Woo. Looking oh, that good. feels good. Looking good. Uh, look at those. Oh. Look at that glisten. Oh, man. Man, uh, I just want to eat you right now. It's beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, hi there. I didn't see you guys walk in. Oh, oh hi, guys. Welcome to the Dub Talk Gym, where a bunch of uh, a bunch of meatheads, muscleheads get together, pump some iron, get swole, and if we have any energy and time left, we also talk about the latest and greatest in English anime dubs. My name is Spaceman Hardy, and tonight I'm joined by my fellow muscleheads, Noah Clue. Just call me the Iron Irish Man. <clears throat> I'm ready to do some lifts and talk about some cartoons, as all real men do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Also, we looking extra swole, we have Andrew. Oh, can you feel the muscles? Mmm, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> and not doing his best Jeremy Inman impression is Jamal. Oh, you got muscle! <laughs> <laughs> muscle, muscle, kiddie, kua, muscle. You look All great right. in that kendo mask. <laughs> I think it really brings out my figure. So what are these three muscle heads, meat heads doing tonight? Is we're all here, we've all gathered here in the gym, not just to pump some iron, but we're also here to talk about the latest 
a simul dub from Funimation for the show How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, a.k.a. How do I pronounce this in Japanese? Dumbbell dot kio motel. Thank you, Jamal. That was excellent. All right. So anyways, a brief synopsis of this anime. Uh, when a friend cruelly calls Hibiki fat, it's like a knife stabbed into her heart. The high school girl loves to eat, but decides to go on a diet to be absolutely thin by summer vacation. But she doesn't know how to exercise properly on her own. Hibiki finds herself in front of a training gym and joins. Once there, she meets her beautiful and charismatic student council president, president Akami Soryuing, and steps into the intense yet enjoyable world of weightlifting. So, we've got, we've basically brought back Team Keijo to talk about another show of pretty girls doing sports. Can, can, can we give it a play-by-play on that rep? Let, let, let's check it out down there, people. Yeah, yes. Uh, by the way, we are not doing the Hardy Cosell voices this time. Sorry Oh, about thank that. God. Yeah. I don't even remember what my actual... After last time, we got chewed out for that, so... Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember what our last... Our actual names were. It's what it was, but... No, it was, it was a fun I, bit at the time, but I'm glad to have this group ooh, back together to talk about this yes. show, which... This is... This is a heaping ton of fun. Holy hell. Mm-hmm. I, I... I saw some the premise of this... And I think all of us kind of collectively were like, this is amazing. I can't wait to see it. Then we saw some trailers. They're like, oh my god, it's better than I thought. Mm-hmm. It's Dogakobo. So they're, they're good at the cute girls doing cute things with some really good comedic flair. And oh, mama, does this sell that. And also, you learn a lot of edutainment, too. It's great. That's what surprises me. I am 100% convinced that the Japanese government gave Double Kobo funding, saying, look, we're looking at um, the, the shape of the average otaku these days, and we'd kind of like to turn that around. Here is 20 billion yen. Make a cartoon that will get otaku exercising. Right. See, I would, c- ju- I would say that's false, but laid-back camp basically revitalized the camping industry in Japan, so you may be onto something. Speaking I mean, of if, speaking of revitalizing, there's also something interesting we've learned about this manga series. Would you like to point that out, Hardy? Revitalizing. Um, is this what universe it shares with? Yes. I think so, pretty much. Oh, yes. Uh, funny story. This, uh, this manga is by the same author as the guy who also does Netflix's Kengan Ashura. Yeah. And they share a universe. It is this canonically is the same universe. And it is like... canonically the same universe, and also the main character from this show, Hibiki Sakura, has actually been drawn in an eating contest with Kengan Ashura's Oma Tokita. So, yeah. That's they... awesome. Yeah. We'll get more into that as we go along. But, but yeah, um, it, you, this show makes so much more sense, and it's so much more funny when you could actually watch both shows side by side and get all the references to them. Oh, but anyways, it's, the, it's basically the muscle-bound cinematic universe. Yeah. What it is is the author obviously knows his muscles through and through, so we're going to get started on that. And mm-hmm. what better way to start out our workout 
with then with a little bit of uh, not strenuous, but you know some pre-workout, and start with our ADR director and scriptwriter. Now, as you know, I very, very rarely make predictions for ADR and scriptwriter, and so I would like to hear you guys if you did. Certainly. Mm-hmm. So um, this is. Um I'm trying to remember exactly what it was for, but um, for ADR director, I had Chris McGuire, and for scriptwriter, I had Caitlin Barr. And I don't remember exactly which show it was that they had both worked on together, but whatever one it was, it was probably one of those, um, like, uh, girl bonding shows that um, was uh, handled really well in the previous year. Um, And just because of the premise of this being a show where a bunch of uh, very fit girls get even more fit, uh, it seemed more like something that would be up Kristen and Caitlin's alley as far as writing goes. Uh, Noah, they worked on Citrus together. Could that my favorite, <laughs> my favorite girl bonding show? I mean, there, there's, there's a very personal, there's a very personal bonding time together. They look longingly into each other's eyes, feel each other's muscles, and go no homo, right? Well, I mean, you, you know what the, you know what the, um, the light novel uh, title for Citrus is, right? How heavy are the stepsisters you left? No, no, Citrus, or as it's also known as, I can't believe my little sister and I are in a semi-consensual lesbian relationship. (laughs) See, I know you're doing a bit, but that's probably an actual title, or it will be one in like three years. One of these days, yes. One of these days. Anyways, uh... So thank you, Noah. Uh, Jamal, do you who do you have for eighty yard script? I had three for each. I also had Caitlin Bob because Caitlin Bob could be very comedic when she needs to be, and uh, I I I've gotten used to her work very well. But I had Kristen McGuire's script writer because, well, the unique dynamic of this show, I could hear Kristen is. So, as a matter of fact, I actually thought it was her because I heard the word squirrel at one point. But I also had Clayton Browning because he also worked on a sports show. Uh, for director, is this a sports anime? This is a sports anime. Are we gonna bring this? That might as back? well be a fucking sports anime. Look, joke or not, it's about working out. It's basically professional working out and weightlifting. This might as well be sports. Yeah, yeah. And there, there are speak- competitions, so yes. And speaking of working out, I had. Tia Ballard is director because I figured this could be something close to her because I would think she could relate her experiences if you ever follow her on Twitter. I also had Jane Saxton because even though she's known for being sincere in her works, she can also be comedic when she needs to be. But here's the kicker. I had Morgan Garrett die because I figured at some point she was going to get her own show eventually. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I discovered later on, well, we'll get to that shortly. We'll get to that and- in a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew, who did you pick? Uh, in a very similar vein to Jamal, almost the exact same predictions, though I think about it. Uh, my first thought for ADR director, scriptwriter, uh, was the tag team of Jade Saxton and Morgan because they have both worked with each other a lot on cute girls doing cute things shows for the past two seasons in regards to both Endro and the helpful Fox Senko-san, which was also another Dogakopa comedy anime. And as a backup prediction for ADR director, I also thought Tia Ballard, because I see she is also somebody 
who delves into the world of high fitness and getting active and all that jazz. And for writer, I also had Kristen McGuire because this just looked like something she would have a ton of fun writing. Yeah, plus she did say she was researching something for a show, so... Okay. Well, the good news is that some of you, some of you guys are right, actually. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, for ADR director, we do have indeed Jade Saxton. Uh, for assistant ADR director, we have Morgan Laray. And as our ADR scriptwriter, we have Leah Clark. And also for one episode, episode four specifically, we have Clint Bickham. Uh, Jade Saxton, you know her for directing shows such as Kakarillo, Konohana Kitan, <coughs> and Toku Rambo. And for Leah Clark, you've heard her writing in shows such as Robi Hachi, um, Chiyo School Road, and How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. Um, does anyone have any comments on how the direct on the directing and writing? I'm so glad that you said Chiyo School Road for Leah's writing credits because only one episode into actually listening to the dub, I'm like, this is a Chio, this is the Chiyo School Road episode that we never got to do for dub talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh, is this so funny? Like the dub <laughs> for this, like the, the original sub had lots of it had that same Japanese archetype of like character freaks out and that's the comedy moment of it. The Jap the, the English dub, they just went all out. Like Leah's writing on this throws in rapid fire exaggerations to match the facial expressions and gives really distinct voices to everybody while throwing in dialogue that I I haven't heard some of these words. I haven't heard some of these words. Like at one point, one of the characters says, "calls a sweater fugly." I hadn't heard that word in I don't know how long. Probably back in high school. So is that it? Well, you guys can work off of that. Oh, I, I thought you were still talking. No, no, this is dialogue, guys. We go back and forth, and you're like, "Yes, no, you're wrong. No, you're right." I don't know. Fugly's been around for a few years, I would say. Uh, yeah. I just haven't heard it in a dub <sighs> in a while. I, I've heard it in stuff, but I haven't heard it in a lot of dubs, yeah. There's a, there is some extremely colorful terminology in the script. Let's, let's, I will save more thoughts later, but I think the majority of my notes tonight are honestly just things people have said. <laughs> yeah. So many of these just needed to be archived. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamal, do you have any comments? Yeah, because to be fair, when I started doing predictions, this was actually one of the hardest shows I ever had to predict. I, I didn't expect Jade and Morgan to be tag teaming on this, but they did very well with not only the casting but the direction as well and the script. Leah could pull out a few, so many zingers that at multiple points I've had to stop watching and just walk out the room and catch my breath because it's like, <laughs> Leah Clark's scripts are like cocaine, you know? <laughs> I it's just to, like, yeah. it's just like the moment you hear one line, it's like you can't get enough of it. And I've been doing them on repeat on Twitter like so many times. Of course, we, of course. You got we, any more of them one-liners? <laughs> Of course, I'm going to save that for uh, when we get to the end, for obvious reasons, but they did they did a very good job, and I know some people had a problem with the script, but, yeah, but it kind of reminds me of like a 90s sitcom kind of thing more than an anime, and I, I really appreciate those angers. Who had a okay. problem with the script? 
there's some people on forums who who think it's they went a bit too liberal. But, like they thought it was and, too much of a gag dub. Eh, not really exactly a gag dub. There were some who actually thought it might have they four kids did almost. Like, oh no no! Way. If they yeah. four kids did, they would have said to. Some things. Yeah, that's right. Let's get god beams all over these immaculately there, detailed animations of the girls' pectorals. There is, there is way too much cheesecake all over the place. The show calls it out, though. Yeah, this show, this, this show knows it's what it is, and it knows its audience. It's, it's the, gonna revel in that cheesecake. So. Yeah, yeah. Even the cheesecake wants the cheesecake. This show is so self-aware; it's not afraid to point itself out. But I I like that, especially it's gratuitous use of fan service. Because I know some people have problems with fan service and other shows. It uses its fan service to its advantage. That, that that's questionable. I was watching the show with my wife Jennifer, and in areas where they were showing off some of the exercising techniques, and you know we're slowly panning over the diaphragms or the chest muscles. Jennifer turns to me and says, "Did we really need to see that to get the point across?" Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you did it, and then every guy arguing that about it. Every guy in the neighborhood then showed up at our front door and said, "Yeah." <laughs> uh, okay, very quick. If you've ever worked out on the machine at a gym, you see diagrams of what muscles a machine works out. It's pretty much more or less the same thing, okay? And the show knows that, and I have what? no problem with that. Like, look, I don't think they're going to pretend like, oh, there isn't some level of horniness going on when it comes to showing some of these examples. You just got to learn. I just kind of roll with it at this point. There's one or two times I'm like, okay, you could have you could have taken a step back there. But most of the time I'm like, okay, I'm having fun. This is fun. But that's, okay. that's a good way to describe it. it. It's good, harmless fun. Right. Andrew, do you have any extra comments that you'd like to add as far as the directing and writing? Okay, so we are talking a lot about the script. I think we need to give some pr praise to the actual direction as well because yep. there are a lot of there are a lot of different character reactions to certain lines of dialogue and yeah. you need to get certain people sounding snarky. You have to get them sounding a little love-struck, a bit whimsical, very out of breath. You also need to get somebody who sounds like very chill and authoritative and casual talking, and then immediately be like, Mortal! It's like you have to change this stuff on the drop of a hat, and you need to really bring that out of your actors. Which, this is like a relatively small core cast of characters, but all of them are showing extreme sides of themselves that you probably don't typically get to do in a lot of things that aren't comedy anime. And even for comedy, this is kind of going all over the place. It's, it is nuts. It is a ton of fun. These actors sound like they're having a ball of a time. Like there's, there are some, I also think there's a couple of takes in the show that were probably like, like boof bombs or something that they said you know what that actually works keep that in <laughs> oh yeah yeah when we get to miss tachibana this is gonna be an interesting one. Oh, don't forget tachibana i want to talk more about the narrator oh we'll get oh, we'll, to, we'll get to him in a second next. but yes. yes like the like the actors are being directed in a way where it sounds like they are very casual having ton of fun also worth noting the accent work on gina is actually really goddamn solid 
<clears throat> yeah, let, let's save that for Jida, okay? I We will, but I'm just saying I want to give props to the actual, uh, the direction of keeping that consistent, which I will get, we'll get to her more when we get to the character, for sure. But, yes, uh, the directing is spectacular, and the script, I'm gonna be real with you, I would say it is a ton of fun, but you're gonna be hear me repeating a lot of different lines from the show, so just, just... Bear with me and take my word for it. I will say there's a couple of times where I think not everything lands quite as hard. There's a couple of lines. There's a couple of little things thrown in there where it's like, okay, that wasn't particularly necessary or was a little bit overt. I saw, like, sometimes I think it maybe goes a little harder than, than it needs to, but that's not, like, there's just a couple of moments where it's like, I don't think you really needed to be that harsh in this particular moment. That being said... This is a ton of fun. I was a big fan of Leah's writing in Robohachi. I am having a goddamn good time with her mm. script in this too. Good job to the cast, to the crew of this all around. Mm. Uh, I actually do agree, although I would be, believe this or not, as much as I love Leah Clark's scripts, I think I've given her a dubby like two years running. I think there were a few times here to where she kind of needed to roll it, roll it back just a little bit. <sighs> like, yeah, no, I, I'm going to be honest. Okay. Um, I think that was a yawn. That wasn't even a shock. No, no, like that, a... no, that was a shock. Come and shock. No, okay. because when you're, you, when you're making up phrases that you want to use as slang, that I think you're pushing it a little too far. When has anyone ever heard the phrase nightmare sauce? I don't think it existed until this show yeah. made it yeah. up. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah. Enough. There, there are a few times to where I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that's kind of dumb. Not, um, not only that, at what point do you go to a women's school and you've heard somebody use the word boulder? Okay, not, that, that one I can buy, actually. Well, I mean, in all the women's schools that I've been to, let me tell you. Uh, okay, <laughs> you've got a problem, though. We're moving on from that. I mean, if this show but has, if, yes, the show has cheesy dialogue in it, I do hope that the phrase hugs and snugs enters into the common lexicon going forward. Oh, oh yeah, at one point, Hibi Keys also talked about going to the gym and the boys will be standing her hard. And, yeah. Yeah, wow, y'all yeah. just went quiet all of a sudden. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I we're, we're just, like, there's a... I, anyway, sorry. Please and we could make this podcast nothing yeah. but remember that yeah, line yes. the podcast. That's yeah. the next episode. Mo yeah, moving on. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I just think some of the scripts were a little bit dumb, um, but other other times it made me just laugh out loud hysterically. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think the, the writing and directing crew did a solid job all around. I have one, um, can I have one question, Harney? Yes. Did the dub make you want to exercise? Surprisingly, not yet. But I do. I need to exercise. So okay. If you if you want to talk about the exercising angle of this, I would like to report <clears throat> that I have practiced every single uh, end of episode exercise that has come up. As have I, good boy. Mm -hmm. I I saw the squats and I'm like, no. Thank okay. You. Most of most exercises in this work pretty reasonable looking the only one that really made me go oh fuck that was the dragon flag i looked at that oh. and i'm like get the fuck out of here <laughs> oh i, I can do dragon flags easy the only one that made me go fuck you was the burpees 
I'm with Hit Jamal on the burpees. Screw burpees. I've burpees done two years suck. of I've done a couple years of CrossFits. It is not pleasant. No, burpees are mean and horrible and they should not exist. Especially but in the sand. That traction, sorry. Yeah. Anyways, uh yeah, uh, this dub sounds good and it makes us likes us laugh and it's pretty good all around. So with that, let's move on to our next rep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so many fucking fitness jokes. We're, we're getting more into the more strenuous parts. Uh, we're starting out with our narrator. Um, he has no particular name, has no particular character. Um, and did anyone make any predictions for the narrator at all? I did not actually think the narrator was going to be as prominent of a character as... He ended up being so. I he's the only character I don't have predictions for. I I made three predictions because I'm just that crazy. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Shows you're crazy. Because I heard in the Japanese he had a deep voice. I had Chris Sabat, Chris George, and Jeremy Inman. Because I figured, hey, you know, you get somebody deep to match that kind of energy. Yeah. But hold, but holy, sh holy shit. Hold what do we actually get? Well, hold on, hold on. I, I have to throw in one prediction because do you actually have a prediction. I actually you... have a prediction. He okay, actually then. has a prediction. He actually has a prediction. He actually has, he has a, prediction. a prediction. Sorry. No, I, I love <laughs> Dub Talk the musical. Yes. <laughs> I, but this is like I've seen shows where the narrator was their own character. There was like um, Okami-san and her seven companions, where you know it's just someone ripping on the show that they're watching. And oh yeah, Lucy was so fun in that. She was. She yeah. was the best character in that show. <clears throat> but for this show, um, probably just because I had just finished watching Desert Punk, um, Eric Vale was the person who came to mind. So I'm like, sure, he could be. He could handle the you know the nonsensical, goofy riffing on the show he's watching voice. Um, but to your point, Jamal, and uh, who did we actually get to riff on the show that he's watching? The narrator is played by Ian Sinclair. Uh, you have obviously heard him in shows such as Space Dandy. You've heard him as the lead in uh, Toriko. And most recently, you can find him as uh, Doug in, uh, in Double Decker. Oh, yeah. He was in Double Decker. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, Noah, what did we think? Starting with you, what did we think of our, our wacky narrator? I mean, it's, I, I fully expected that they, they would snark up the narrator, and he does get really snarky, but um, for the actual voice, like the actual vocal affectations, it's a very, um, like, it's a very nice voice, like, when I mean, he's just talking about describing what's going on, which I think was supposed to contrast the, how viciously honest the actual lines are, because this guy pulls absolutely no punches there's there's a part in episode seven where kibiki is trying to explain like why um she's eating all the food she's eating and the narrator just oh, cuts to the bullshit because girl <laughs> you hungry girl please no. you, hungry. you hungry there are so many little bits like that and he, he, like i think at some point in episode seven he just like absolutely stops the show just to question what is going on um now the question <laughs> is did, did we need this character to be this as viciously honest as he is and i say yes because when you work out when you're starting out some people don't stay honest with themselves like oh i didn't cheat that much yes you did cheat you ate a little bit more than you should have or oh i did uh, 20 reps in a day girl you did you, all you did was lift a can of beer or anything like that <laughs> so so wait 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 hang on 
Are you saying that the narrator might actually be real and he is just Hibiki's subconscious? You mean like a shoulder? Yeah, it could be like a, a shoulder angel kind of situation. Possibly? I, I don't know. He comments on all the characters, so... He does, so that theory doesn't hold too much weight, but I kind of like that idea of he he is just the condescending, snarky voice in your head where you're like, I'm going to eat five more meals today. It's like, bitch, you know you shouldn't do that. You know what? I'm going to just, in my head canon, it is just Tom Servo. It's funny that you mentioned that because I read on the forums the other day someone mentioned that uh, it's less like he's narrating it and more just watching the show himself and just commenting on he see, on what he sees and riffing it like it's like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. That and we, yep. don't have, we don't have very many anime like that, so I as it's you know it's unique. So I like that element. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we have any other anyone else who wants to make any comments on the narrator? Yeah. I didn't expect it to be easy to clear at all, but man, did it work out at the end, because... <laughs> Girl, please, you hungry. He's <laughs> uh, just... He must have eaten a double-decker ham sandwich before he goes to the booth. I'm like, it's, it, it's got to be improv, because nobody can script that. Script that made jokes. No, just no, no. I, even, I, for I, Leah, even for think, a Leah Clark script, that's impossible. I think you're drastically underestimating Miss Leah Clark, my friend. <laughs> maybe some of the maybe some of the deliveries of it are improv. Like it wasn't exactly the way yeah. it was Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm willing to buy a couple of them. Might have been like they were just recorded naturally, but yeah. I I, I think there's one where it's like. Uh, what is it? Every year when summer ends, September, September brings, <laughs> oh wait, September begins. It's like, every every year when summer ends, September begins. Wait, seriously? Oh, oh crap, would I put that flashback? Oh god, yeah, he's like, uh, right, that, uh, fuck, where'd I put my flashback? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're pulling out all the stops to make exercise as fun as possible. Yeah. So in consensus, basically, we all are in agreement that the narrator is a whole bunch oh, wait, of trip wait. to listen to. Hang on, I, hang on, I have some more thoughts. I have more thoughts. Do I, do I smell dissension in the group? Oh, oh, oh! Is that what you thought I was gonna do? Oh, fuck no. Um, so I'm just going to say the narrator is a character who I just assumed he was just going to talk like in between transitional stuff or go a little more to health facts. The reality is, most of the characters are doing the educational bits in the show already, so the narrator is just there to be the snarky bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that's his deal, and honestly, the narrator did not need to flex as hard as they do, but... but it was a strong flex, you gotta admit that. Oh, it is, it is showing off. It is showing off those gains, but it's just... He's showing off his snark muscles. Oh, God. Like, there's just a couple of lines in here where it's just like... There's something in Ian's tone where it's just... It sounds like he is 
doing what is an informative infomercial while also just kind of going in with just a little bit of alcohol in his coffee this morning and just having a bit of fun. <laughs> it's basically, yep. it, that's the way, that's how, that's what, oh, that's why I think of the narrator. It's, he is a trained professional, but he is somebody who's just done this enough times where he's like, you know what, I'm going to have a little fun with this. It gets a little snarky. Another one of my favorite Ryan leads. Uh, this is the power of youth. Terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Ian Sinclair is always a pleasure to listen to in comedies, but holy shit. I did not expect to him, a bodiless narrator, to be one of my favorite parts of this dub. Lo and behold, Ian's stealing the show. But he's not my favorite. But we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. All right. So, again, we can all agree that, the, the you know, even though he's... We'd never see him. He's like one of the most important characters in the show, really, because he brings so much life to it. I don't know so about much if, I, don't, sass. I mean, I don't know about important because you could cut out all of his lines and you'd still understand entertaining. what's going on, but it would be yeah. the less entertaining. Absolutely. Right, right. So moving on to an actual character, we have our first of the uh, the gem members. We actually start out with Satomi Tachibana. Now she is a history teacher at the at the Koyo Women's Academy. Uh, she's also secretly a cosplayer who goes under the alias Yuri Ariko. Uh, when she joins the Silverman Gym, she uh, is also she also is one of the few who develop a crush on our male lead Machio. Um, until of course she sees how he actually is. <laughs> And uh, anyways, uh, she is kind of embarrassed to actually work out with her students, but it, it gets used to it as the show goes on. She gets uh, a little more comfortable hanging out with the kids just because it's like, I want to work out. And I, sh at the very least, you are with a safe. Machio wouldn't touch a, wouldn't be a creepy guy in any dojo. He is too pure and innocent for this world. He has no lewd thoughts in his body. He, no, no he, he loves himself too much. He, he is the narcissus of this universe. No, 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 no. you. No, we'll talk, we'll talk more about Machio when we get to it, but, but no, he's not a narcissistic at all. He wants to help everyone. He's just a swell, upstanding guy. <laughs> he's a swell, swell. upstanding guy. Yeah. But anyways, uh, back to Satomi. Um, who did we predict for her? This was the mm. only character I did not make any predictions for because she she doesn't have like she doesn't get prevalent in the show until like episode three, I think. By which point, I just started watching the dub, so I didn't get to hear her Japanese say you. All right, I have uh, I have two predictions for Satomi. Which can I just go ahead and say this character's a fucking milf and i'm here for it <laughs> a milf or a tilf she's not even that old i'm the same age as her <laughs> look what i'm saying is she's legal and she's hot <laughs> and she gets a very very nice cheesecake anyways as for who i thought would play satomi i had two particular voices in mind actresses who are both really good in comedies but also can do like a sultry uh, adult figure, but like sounding a little closer to the teenage college range while also still sounding mature and adult as well. I had two ladies in mind, uh, Jamie Markey 
and Morgan Loray. I thought hmm. both would have been exceptional uh, fits for the character of Saotomi. I thought they would have done a good job being like authoritative teacher types, but also being a little funny and sexy all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had a prediction as well. I had, because she seems a bit drowsy-eyed, and uh, because this actress plays a lot of characters that sort of have that archetype, I had Anastasia, Anastasia Munoz. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ooh, I could see that. That's a very low, sultry voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal, did you have anyone? Yeah, I had three. I had Christy Rothrock and Laura Woodhull because I know one could play an older voice and the other I wanted to hear play an older voice and I thought this character would be kind of interesting. But I also had Megan Shipman because she used to be a teacher and is, is a cosplayer so I thought, hey, maybe she could have some fun with this. Wait, wait, she used to be a teacher? Yeah. Matter of fact, she played the teacher in the Shonen Maid. Really? Okay. That's neat. I didn't know that. All right. And you said you did not have any predictions, Noah. Um, yes, I did not. But but that's enough predictions there. I'm sure at least one of these guys got it right. Right, Hardy? Uh, actually, no, none of us got it right. Oh. Ah, oh, swing and a miss. Yeah. Play, 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 that, play that Price is Right horn. Actually playing Satomi Tachibana, we have Mrs. Leah Clark, our scriptwriter. Uh, you can also hear her as Kobayashi from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, as Yun Ijima in New Game, and as Himiko Toga in My Hero Academia. So, uh, Andrew, you seem awfully excited to talk about this character. Why don't you start us off? No, no. Okay. But before you go, Look. Andrew, we do have to let you know that your girlfriend will hear this audio, so you know, just keep, keep that in mind. Mm. Steph, I love you. You know what I'm about. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm just being real here right now. Look, uh, Miss Tachibana is, she's just trying to go about with her day. She's trying to enlighten young minds, and she's also trying to get fit for her next photo shoot. Which, by the way, I love that she had the little tan thing across her belly button her students were like oh oh her her guy's into some kinky like bikinis and stuff and she's like no no it's just for a cosplay shoot no which i love i love the fact that she gets upstaged at comiket she gets upstaged at comiket for machio playing ken i'm 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 sorry uh not Kenshiro. Um, but that's who I thought it was. Oh, it's absolutely 110% Kenshiro, but they're pretending it's an in-universe. Uh, yeah. How heavy is the dumbbell you lift? No, yeah, no, it's it's uh, lifts with the straight bar. Lifts yeah. with the straight bar, yes. Oh, but no, yeah. He is totally pulling the Kenshiro look something fierce, which good on him. But no, Leah Clark has this nice, sassy, I'm so done with this scenario this sucks i want to go home but you know what i want to work hard and she becomes a very fun member of the ensemble and she has some very fun line deliveries some very nice mood swings in regards to uh I, there's two lines in particular that kill me right now what i'm gonna leave for you noah Thank because you. i know you're gonna bring it up uh is when she first when she first sees machio because everybody sees machio for the first time and their immediate thought is uh uh, let's put it like this. Uh, 
the 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 quiet let's put it like this the quiet spring becomes a raging rapid river he's talking about thirst y'all that's what yes thank you speaking of thirst this episode is brought to you by gatorade gatorade (laughs) quench your thirst in more ways than one (laughs) oh come on at least get a protein shake if you go into gym come on anyways no protein uh, I, i like i love her delivery when she finally sees uh uh, Machio, and she's just like, I'd like a membership to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they're talking, and then they're t- actually talking about some things in regards to her actual routine, and then she talks about how she gets a, some, her, she stretches a little, and she gets kind of sore, and her muscles lock up, and he becomes, I was like, oh yeah, my mom does something like that, and she just says, with the most deadpan, cold reaction, Bite me, bitch. Do I remind you of your mom now? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, you're great. Oh, but yeah, Leah's uh, sarcastic tone sometimes, but also just 100% done with this shit. But she's got so much fun charisma and she delivers some really great one-liners and just every time she freaks out and it's just like, what the fuck's happening? I, I sympathize with her so much. Leah's having a ton of fun. She's so great as Tachibana. Also, yes, this character is fucking hot. She is a teacher I'd like to fuck. It's... Fuck you. And she and she doesn't even have pink skin or black sclera. <laughs> I don't even know what Okay, th- there's, a, there's a misconception I feel I should clarify with you and the audience. She is... The, I do not want to bang Mina. Mina is just my precious child. He fooled no, me... It, who fo- he fooled me it, from New Game. He fooled me from New Game. On the other hand, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Moving on. Android Android Twenty One, however. Woo-hoo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah Android Twenty One. Oh, that that's a. Uh, it doesn't help that all I've seen of that character is pinup fan art on Twitter. So that's all I know her for. Mostly retweeted by Andrew, in fact. That is entirely who it is. I'm like, who it retweeted is, this? Oh, oh uh, 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 yeah, it's totally me. Anyways, look, this character is very attractive and very legal, so I have justification in saying this. Andrew, if it makes you feel any better, you are not the thirstiest person I follow on Twitter. I'm happy about that. Thank you. That would be the people who who retweet straight up topless hentai onto my. T- well, on my okay, let's not call out too many people. Let's move. No, on. I'm not gonna say Anyways. who it is. They know who it is. Yeah. You what know I'm saying, who you are. You know what who I'm saying are. is Leah Clark is stealing the show both behind the scenes and in the booth. Right. Uh, so who wants to go next? Noah? Sure. This is um, – I, I adore Leah Clark, and I've said this in previous podcasts because she can do anything. I've heard her in a wide range of things, probably the most diverse voice actress uh, at Funimation right now. And the, the thing about her that I really like is that – um, the character of, of Satomi is kind of like she could have easily been just the butt of all the jokes because, you know, she's the older one. She's the less confident of the group and she has the most uh, to lose because from a career standpoint, she's got a lot of writing on people not finding out her secrets. Like I was saying, her uh, her character could have easily been the butt of all of the jokes. But Leah has this, um, like, for some reason, um, she sounds more girly than all the other characters, or all the female characters. It's like, she's got a higher voice than the other ones do, which is, you would think the older character would have, like, a lower register, but no, she's got the higher voice. 
And she's also on the sassier side, especially like you were saying, Andrew, with some of the lines she's got. She destroyed me on episode seven in exactly one portion of it. I, I will I will tell you the oh. build up. Follow me on a journey. So they sign up to be part of an idol group, and she doesn't because want, of course they do. She because it's you know it's it's anime and it's 2019, and she doesn't want the judges to know she's there because you know she's trying to hold on to her reputation as a schoolroom teacher. So she goes on stage wearing a kendo mask, and when the judge asks her why are you wearing, uh, no, he asks. Yeah, what's your name? And what's your name? And Leah, in the most beautiful way possible, says, My name is none of your business, and I'm wearing this because it's part of my getup. I was not expecting her to just say, None of your fucking business. It was beautiful. I love it. Oh, that one took me for a loop. Holy shit. It, me too, yeah. because at the like she'd had those like little bits where she got angry before, but never like at someone. It had always been like in her mind. So, n- not my uh, not my favorite of the characters, but probably my favorite little line in the whole show was just that little bit right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so with Leah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you have, on one hand, you have Leah Clark, the actress, and on the other hand, you have Leah Clark, the script writer. Give it, give it words, give, give yourself dialogue to say it's not an easy, definitely not an easy feat. It's not like, you know, she has to trip herself up on purpose because this character kind of stumbles between her age and her occupation, occupations. So I like how she managed to handle both aspects very easily. I, mean, I will admit, uh, a few of the singers I did like, it did come from her. Uh, let's see, uh, you want me to turn the other cheek so you can slap it too? When she feels insulted, and of course, then you motherfucking business! <laughs> I forgot the turn the other cheek one. There, there's, there's so many one-liners in this show that I just could not keep track of. Me neither. Like, it, it's it's very difficult. And the way Leah handles herself is, was very good. I mean, Ta- Miss Tachibana is kind of a, lab- a relatable character to me. Not as relatable as another character down the road, but she did very well handling this job and I don't think she needed a lower tone of voice because, you know, like, she's got too many worries in her life and she's just trying to live out what youth <sighs> she has left. And... <laughs> yes, she's not I that know. old. Are you saying that she's I'm, like, I'm, hey, Again, she's... again, I'm the same age as her. <laughs> You're not I, old. I, I know she's not old and I'm not old either, so shut up. <laughs> One foot in the grave, the other foot on a banana peel. Actually, the other foe be up your ass if you don't shut up. <laughs> good lord. But yeah, she did a very good job. And Hardy, what do you have to say about it? Oh yeah, I'm in agreement with all you guys. Um, she doesn't stand well. She doesn't. She's not as prominent as the other girls in the group, or mainly. She's. I'd say she's a bit more, a bit more prominent than like say Akami, but or Ayaka. But um, but I mean. The scenes that she does have, she absolutely steals the show, and she just, you know, without even trying, just chews up the scenery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she is she is very delightful to listen to. And uh, 
I may not be as thirsty for her as Andrew is, but she is also very attractive and legal, so there is that as well. Yeah. That's the key word here. Legal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Protein shakes for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got it bad. We got it bad. We got it bad. We're hot for teacher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, d- 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 damn right. D- now, Hardy, I hope you make some friends this year. <laughs> I brought my pencil. <laughs> Could be something to ride ride on. on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we get all too thirsty and and off sidetrack, we need to move on. We need to take a cool trip to Mother Russia. (laughs) Yes. Ah, the motherland! Yes. Yes. And our next character... uh, Regardless, regarding whether you watch this on in the sub or listen to it in the dub, this could either be Xena Void or, as we call her, Gina Boyd. She is a member of Silverman's Moscow branch, and the technically she's the women's champion in arm wrestling. Uh, she actually goes to Japan and loses to Hibiki in a match which she's never done before. So afterwards, she declares herself Hibiki's rival and moves to Japan, even going so far as to moving into her house without permission. Like, holy shit. Like, at some yeah. point, you have taken this at least three... three. Uh, I don't know what the word... You've taken it too far. You've taken yeah, it too t- far by this point. Yeah. Three degrees too far. Thank you. Yes. And while she's not really into strength training she's actually proficient in combat sports and stays fit that way she's an otaku and yet still tries to maintain the public image of being a typical russian stereotype okay the fact that that is literally a plan of hers it's like i am doing my part to keep my country's national stereotypes alive it's like well i see somebody watched italia have you ever oh, noticed boy. that in anime, Russian characters are one of three stereotypes? It, so, so what was it? It was the icy genius, the... Uh, the pro-Russian the, nationalist, and the... Icy cold-blooded stale, uh, something patriots. It's the third one we're blanking on. I, I'm sure it was... It was, pro- it was probably like the aloof competitor, was it? No, no, no. There's something more Russian there. Anyway. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Yuri on Ice. Never mind. I'm going to look it up. Let's move on. Yes. But anyways, yeah, who do we have predictions for? For Gina or Xena or whatever you call her. Do you like Alucard or Arucard? God. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's kind of what it reminds me of. To be an anime fan back in 2005 or whenever that anime came out. Anyways, predictions, people. What did we have? I had two. Mm-hmm. I figured this was a. For the record, I had no idea who, what, what Gina was gonna sound like because I had only watched the first like one or two episodes of the sub, and I just went solely off appearance and I think the Seiyu. I figured two ladies are pretty good with having natural sounding accents while also sounding very cute and fun at the same time. I thought Natalie Hoover, specifically because of her work as Sonya Nevermind in the Danganronpa series, and Alex Moore would be a very good fit for Gina as well. I thought they both would have been very nice, natural fits for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal, what did you think? Okay, uh, Order of Warning, because this is a K-Drew reunion episode, I 
for the main four girls, I kind of took... Uh, for one slot, I kind of took the four girls from the dub of Keijo and just stopped my predictions. But mm. for Gina, my first two predictions were uh, the twins, Caitlin and Caitlin. Hmm. And I put down Alexis Tipton for reasons I'll explain later, but I figured all three of them could do a Russian accent. I figured there was going to be a Russian accent in here. So I figured all three of them could do the well somewhat. So you said, so specifically Caitlin Barr and Caitlin Glass? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Noah, what did you think? Well, I hadn't, um, also hadn't heard the Japanese Seiyu before starting to watch the dub. And uh, all I knew about the character from the discussion that these guys had, because some of them had read the manga, was that the character was supposed to be Russian. So who's the most famous voice actor at Funimation who's played a character with a Russian accent? I swear Jerry to God, Jewel? this is fucking Cherry Jewel you predicted. I'm so I, pred- I pred- of course, I thought it, it's got to be Jerry Jewel. Like, there's no other person who could play Gina Boyd. No one. You, uh, bitch. Motherfucker. And you editor, whoever's editing this, if you do not put a picture of Jerry Jewel up there on the board, I will hunt you down and make you do squats for 10 minutes straight. Noah, uh, Noah, no, Noah, Noah, you know what you've earned yourself? A dozen suplex? Yeah, no, he's earned the the, the pain of the metal pipe of pain. <laughs> oh, that metal, that metal pipe, that metal pipe is going where the sun don't shine. I tell you what. <laughs> Whoa, okay now. So Hardy, did anybody get the right answer? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Did you just go full Mickey Mouse on us? <laughs> oh my god. Your asses one day. <laughs> Oh, now I feel sad for reasons I can't explain. Uh, <laughs> well, gosh, Noah, why'd you have to go full Mickey on us now? Never go full Excuse Mickey. Me. I, I'll, 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 tell you, I'll tell you guys after recording what I mean. Excuse me! Can I sign up for your gym? I want to get fit for the summer. If that was supposed to be Donald, then you deserve to get your ass kicked. Uh, I I would accept that ass beating. Anyways. Nice try. Anyways. uh, I look forward to that DMCA in the morning. Yes. If we don't exist tomorrow, you'll know why. Guys. Anyways. uh, I had two predictions for Gina. Um, I thought either Michaela Krantz or uh, Michelle Rojas, actually. Hmm. But it turns out uh, one of us actually got it right. And playing Gina Boyd is Alexis Tipton. Alexis Tipton, you have heard in other roles, such as Loretta in Gangsta, uh, Sunsetto in My Bride is a Mermaid, and as Kaori Tanaka in Shiki. So who wants to start us off? Sounds like Noah's doing family stuff right now. Hmm. I went first last time, so I will relinquish my position to Jamal. You first. Okay, real quick. It's intellectual with an icy smile type, emotionless, cold-blooded, and zealous patriot type. Mm. Emotionless, cold-blooded. That's it. Thank you. Okay. So, pretty much when I made my predictions, I was kind of hesitant to put down Alexis's first because the last time I heard her do an accent was Nobunaga, the the less said about that, the better. I also, seen Nobunaga. Also, what was that? She was Italian. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. That's... Oh, was, my God. In fact, what was she was someone specific? Uh, oh. What Galileo. Was, you're right. Galileo. Right. Oh, my God. It was the worst thing I ever heard. Like, just the, the inflections made no sense. Like, she tried to maintain both, but it was kind of difficult. I also had to down for another reason I'll explain later. But anyway, in this role, she actually did pretty good. I really liked it. Because for one thing, Zeta, or Zeta, whatever you want to call it, can be kind of goofy and kind of mess up her stereotypes a bit. I mean, she said she's learned a lot of Japanese by watching Jackie Chan movies, which I know is Chinese. Believe me, I know from personal well, experience. One of her quirks is that she has a hard time figuring out what's Japanese and what's Chinese. Like, like most of the yeah, like like most of your parents. Yeah, that's what happens when y'all live in Asia. But she did she did a very good job. Not only keeping the accent, but managing to make it communicative to the audience. Because what I learned is that when. She went in for that role. They had a dialogue coach on hand. Oh, really? They did. Yeah, that makes so, a lot of sense, actually. Was it Jerry yes. Jewel? Fuck you! Shut up with Jerry Jewel. Jerry Jewel is having a good time being a good Sundari cat right now. You leave him alone. I, I have nothing but respect for the cat. Yeah, but I, I, I really liked the, all this. I really liked the, all the same, and I don't have as I don't have as much to say on her as I do a couple of the other characters. But I'm glad she finally showed up. And that's... I, I need more drink. But she did... You getting thirsty <laughs> over there? Did, I'm literally out of tea and water. Mm. But she did a very good job, nonetheless. Uh, Noah or Andrew, one of you guys want to go next? I'll throw my hat in the ring here. Why not? Mm. Uh, also, I would like to say, uh, just because I wanted to mention some fun things that Gina says, I love that she says, I know all about your country by watching Chucky e. Chan movies. Which, mm. I would like to say, I admire that this universe basically has, like, actual movie people in this universe but just yes. changes them ever so slightly for copyright. Chucky e. Chan is one of them. No, they didn't what, change what, that. What's, change what's that. the what's the one that we know about? Bartle Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Sure. Eternal Sunset of a Thoughtless no. Mind. Okay, hang on, say that again. Uh, Barnold, what was his what was the name? Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Say Barnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, y'all were talking over each other. I'm like, y'all are sounding incoherent. Okay, cool. But yes, um, actually, now on to the topic at hand. Uh, Gina, I'm genuinely blown away. This is Alexis Tipton. This is a really pretty convincing accent work from her. Knowing that they have a coach on hand for this, I can definitely tell. It sounds pretty convincing. And really, she does not really break it. She does a good job keeping it consistent, going for this cold, badass Russian rival character before it's revealed that she's basically a dorky otaku that's trying to keep, like, five facades all at once, 
where she's like, oh, I really like exercise. Oh, I really want to be your rival. Oh, I really want to be your friend. Also, I want to be an idol and I want to talk about otaku culture and stuff. Also, I want to get some fucking gains. You know, so G like Gita has only been in this show for two episodes at the time of this recording, but she is a welcome addition to the ensemble. Alexis Tipton is doing a spectacular job making her sound funny. And also, okay, uh, before I talk a little more about her, can we talk about Comrade Poutine? No. Oh. Can we talk about that? That is did literally not that. That is literally just. A Baradosian personification of Putin hugging a bear right now. You, you think that's bad? Wait till the next couple episodes. Oh, God. Is he gonna fuck that bear? No! 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 <laughs> He's gonna Andrew! fuck that Andrew, 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 do not start an international incident on this podcast. He's <laughs> do not. We've already I'm putting been my sued foot by down Disney. right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Andrew. That's not why he bent. Yes. Well, let's put it like this. I was already implying he was pretty bar already. You might as well ship him with a bear. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. No. No. Uh, yes. no. Oh, God. Where was I going? Okay. We I should actually... Talk. We at the Dub Talk podcast do not take place in political issues. Just putting that out there. We do not, Although we do not you, place ourselves you... in world affairs, but we will eventually tease them when they do come up. Although, if you would like to see more of Bara uh, Vladimir Putin, please go check out the comic Galaseum, or available from Kodansha Comics, wherever manga is sold. Wait, is that actually a thing? That is actually a thing, I swear to God. Oh, God fucking bless the world. Um, anyways, one more thing before I hand this off to somebody else. I want to make a quick comment. I don't typically like to compare other actors to other actors, but there's something I want to notice specifically about Gina's cadence and tone, especially the way Alexis plays her with the accent. She sounds remarkably similar to some Jamie Markey roles that I've heard in the past. Like, if I was to describe it, she sounds very much like... What's, what's a good point of comparison? She sounds like... She sounds like a bunch of things that Jamie Markey has done with the back. Basically, like, snarky teenage girls that uh, Jamie has played in the past. Uh, she actually, oh shit, she actually gives me a lot of panty with a lot less crude mouth. Hmm. Interesting comparison there. Uh, Noah, what do you have to think? So as an animation watcher, I've heard some many horrible Russian accents in my day. I, I've heard Natasha in Rocky and Bullwinkle. I have heard Magica Lespel in DuckTales. And it is a refreshing breath of fresh air to hear a Russian accent that does not sound as inauthentic as those ones did. Um, <coughs> full props to Alexis. This is like, it, it's lilting and it's smooth and it's it's very consistent is the best way I can describe it. Um, something I didn't mention when we were talking about the direction, but Jade makes sure that all of her character, all the actors sound distinct from one another, which is the one thing that I always listen for in a ensemble cast like this. And I think uh, you guys also mentioned that all the characters sound distinct from each other. So not only does Alexis have you know, her distinct Russian accent, but also her speech pattern is different from all of them. If you took out the accent and just had her speak in an American, in a regular American accent, it would still sound different from the other characters. Um, now, does it fit with the actual character as was made in the Japanese? Yes. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this was a mandate from like a Russian patron or something, but 
I'm glad the mangaka wrote a Russian character into this, and it it really helps flesh out the characters because they were all getting really buddy buddy by the time she showed up, and so have something that's kind of like a rival, but also a friend, like a frenemy maybe, is a is a nice dynamic to throw in there. And Alexis just has sounds like a lot of fun. It's like she's having a lot of fun throughout the whole thing. I I love the little interview that she gives, which like she lampshades the fact that they're they're basically asking her questions like. What is my favorite Japanese food? Uh, takoyaki. Why are we doing this? <laughs> she she's ready to do an informative uh, Rocky the Four, Rocky the Four, <laughs> Rocky Four. I was gonna say Rocky the Fourth for some reason. She's ready to do a Rocky Four montage where she's training and everybody's trying to paint out her dating profile. She's like, "What the fuck is this shit? I just want to work out." All I can say is now that for the longest time, the movie Anastasia had completely ruined the Russian word. God, what, what is it? It's the word that means goodbye. It's like, Nostalgia? Yes, thank you. I am so glad that I finally, that word is saved now because Alexis says it in a, in a much less creepy way than, um, the, than Rasputin. So thank you, Alexis. Keep doing awesome what you do. Christopher Lloyd. Thank Well, well yes. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you not know something about a piece of animation? <gasps> I, no a clue. I knew it was did Christopher. Did you flub something about your fucking field of expertise? Look, I thought in my head I'm like Christopher Walken, but I'm like, no, that's not right. So I'm not going to embarrass myself by saying Come, that. Come, my kn- minions. I knew. Rise for your master. Let it, your evil shine. In the dark of the night, <laughs> in the dark will find you. I have, I have a fever. <laughs> and the prescription is more cowbell. Who sings that song in the movie, though? Jim Cummings. What's that? Jim Cummings. Okay, you, you're good, Hardy. You can join me here mm-hmm. on the side of the country line. All right. Uh, I'm okay. the cool club. You, you may take your animation cred card back now. Anyways, uh, are you done, Noah? Are we... Yes, are yes. Good, good? Yep, Alexis okay. is good on my book. Yeah. Uh, I just... Gina's turning out probably to be one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character. Um, for one thing, she's the only one who instantly knows that Satomi is a cosplayer and, like, blackmails yep. <laughs> her into <laughs> into taking pictures of her. By the and, mole, uh, of all things. By the mole, yes. And also, what was my favorite thing? Uh, the whole thing, how she just basically moves into Hibiki's house without even permission, and by episode two, she's like, Hibiki's just like, ah, so you live in my house now. Cool. <laughs> and it's never brought up again. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think that this was an adorable performance by Alexis Tipton. Um, and I do have to say, in general, that accents are getting better. And I, we have to thank the vocal co- coaches for that. Because another prominent Russian accent that came out this year, we had Ray Chase in Boongo Stray Dogs Season 3. And... You could definitely tell by his performance and also by Alexis' performance that they're putting more effort into accurately getting accents done. And they're not just doing a a cheesy hack job of it. They're actually working really, really hard to to make sure that everything sounds accurate and appealing. And we could definitely say both of that as far as Alexis' performance as Gina. Although there is one thing I think she, she added the the Y sound on too many of her ends, but that may just be it. Like she yeah a, a bit too 
often. If that's it's, just it's, me. Well, no, I, I noticed that too as well. She kind of makes something sound like she's got a little bit of a kitty inflection with a little Well, I mean, yeah. also, yeah, with a cat mouth too, so. I, I, I'd almost argue that seems like an intentional thing that they're doing then. Right. Yeah. Well, that's all I have to say, so. Uh, Anyways, on. good job, comrade. Yes. Yes. What what's the yeah, what is the Russian term for, you know I would say Dasvadanya, but we're not leaving yet, so Are are you all uh, ready to lift for the motherland? Yes. Lift for Mother Russia. Yes. Comrade we, Putin we, would be proud. We, we we strong like bull, crush head between legs like sparrow egg. Anyways, moving on to our next member of the ensemble. We have Ayaka Uehara. Uh, she is the daughter of a famous boxer, Hibiki's best friend, a big movie buff who likes watching movies with her friends. Um, she and her sister uh, are the daughter of a famous former pro boxer who founded his own gym. And because uh, he taught them both how to box since their early days, she's in excellent physical condition. And she's a capable boxer who coaches for her own gym and later also starts doing classes at Silverman's gym. Um, Also, little known fact about her that even the show doesn't bring up. uh, You can sharpen an entire box of pencils on her fucking abs. Holy shit. Yep. Those are, that's, uh, you could grate some cheese on that. Oh, you, you, you can grind some meat. Uh, oh, God, I just realized where I was going with that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> nope, nope. I'm taking that one back. I realized what I was implying, and I'm rescinding yeah. that comment. Yes. Uh, anyways, who did we have predictions for Ayaka? I had two predictions for Ayaka. I This actually was where I predicted Leah Clark for Ayaka, believe it or not. I thought she, I could hear a little bit of, like, Himiko coming out of her, but, you know, with, with like, 75% less crazy murder. Mm-hmm. But I also thought, you know what? I thought Marissa Lenti would have been a very solid, like, sultry voice, but also sounding like a fun teen- teenage character that's just, like, being somebody's bestie. I thought Marissa and Leah would have been good fits for Ayaka. Okay. What about you, Jamal? I had three. Uh, first one was Caitlyn Glass because of New Game. Uh-huh. Is that uh, really fair? Yeah, because she plays a character that looks kind of like Ayaka a bit. Wait. Who yeah. Are you? Yeah, she, she plays uh, the... Umiko. The man. Umiko. Oh! The, the boss oh, is boss. Oh my god, she looks like she could be her mom. She does. <laughs> uh, second one, uh, it's a casual answer, but actually kind of fits uh, Felicia Ajo. Because she also looks like a character Felicia's played before, especially with the hair. Uh, are you implying Alex from Gangsta? No. Don't get Don't get- Oh, fuck, I'm stupid. You're right. And okay. she, and she, yes, you are. And uh, Margaret McDonald for something different. Okay, fair enough. Ah, mm. oh, shit, she does look like Owie, too. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I see it. I don't know. I, I look at Owie where it's like, she she is built, but I look at Owie as sort of like a very, like, 
built squishy otter girl where I would just hug her and it, it's like you would get you would get some you would get some softness there, but you would also get a little bit of like you would get some thickness there. Look, look, she's a little bit softer. Her girlfriend is all muscle, and they are both queens. Well, that definitely fits. I'm, wait, no, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I'm not going there. No, no, no. Here, here, here. Look, let me yeah. give me the mic. Give me the mic. Okay. So I, I had one prediction to make, and I was just making fun of Jamal for picking Caitlyn Glass because you know she just looks like the same character from New Game. That was a cover because I did the exact same thing. I picked Caitlyn Glass's character because because <laughs> Ayaka looks like the exact same character that Caitlyn played in New Game. Yeah, and I kind of have to also uh, piggyback off that, but actually, because I cast Felicia on gel, but I didn't think of Aoi. It was must have been sou- subconscious or something. This just looked like a type of role that Felicia on gel would have played, and now that I think about it, yes, yeah, she does look exactly like Aoi from Danganronpa. Uh. But, but we are all incorrect. Yay! Uh, who is actually playing Ayaka Uehara is Morgan Lore. Um, you can find her in roles such as Tina from Toriko. She was Akira Mato in Tokyo Ghoul Route A and, and, and Ri. And she was also Ronko in My First Girlfriend is a Gal. We're also thinking of the wrong tan girl from Danganronpa because she's also Akane Owari who is also dark-skinned and very muscular. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, she's Akane in Danganronpa 3, the anime, not the games. Right, right. Uh, so, who wants to start us off? I'll, I'll go on this one. Okay. Because um, um, Ayaka's a little interesting because all the other characters are kind of introduced to the show as, like, they have their introduction episode, and that's when you know they're going to be part of the main cast. Ayaka's different because she's introduced kind of more gradually. She's introduced as a best friend character to Hibiki, and you know she's going to be prevalent because she's in the introduction, but we don't really mm-hmm. find out why or how until we have that episode where we're at her house and we find out that her family runs a boxing arena, basically. Um, and for that portrayal, Morgan gives her like this softer speech pattern compared to the other girls, but say what you want about uh, Hibiki, which we will talk about. I think Ayaka has the more valley girl speech pattern of all the girls there. It's kind of like an older voice, but she's also got like a bit of a sassier voice compared to all of them. And it's really funny, Andrew, to me that you thought that um, um, Alexis sounded similar to uh, Jamie Markey because I thought Morgan sounded closer to a Jamie Markey role in this one. It's that very, um, very go-get girl um, kind of attitude, like not not entirely like Panty, but more like uh, I can't think of it. Well, the character she played in. Um, uh, lapping under the clouds, so I cannot remember off the top of my head. But oh, Botan! Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Botan. Um, just kind of reminded me of that with a little bit more sass to it. And I do have to also give props to Morgan for having some great line deliveries because while she may be the the least manic of all the characters, she also gets some great line reads. Like there's a part in episode seven where they're at a Hibaki grill and she sees the meat, the beautiful beef on the table, and she's like, "Put this in me." <laughs> yeah. Oh God! If it, look, if we're gonna talk about one things, uh, I the one that killed me is I want to curl his dumbbell if you know what I'm saying. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, that's Liam, something I would say. Holy shit! Leah must have been watching Who's Like. 
Pass out the ponchos because everyone in this cast is thirsty. Oh, unquenchable. Yes. Quench your thirst in more ways than one. <laughs> How heavy is the Gatorade you lift? How large is the Gatorade you drink? Ah, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I know you changed your Twitter handle to something. I'm like, what was it? So, so uh, well, yeah, I can say for Morgan is that this was probably the character that had the was the least um, uh, probably had the least to work with just because, you know, she, like I said, she's the least manic of all of them. But Morgan did a really good job. And I, I like that there's a quote unquote normal character in the cast who's also just happens to be an amazing kickboxer. So good job, Morgan. Just a regular boxer, not a kickboxer. That, sorry. Yes. There's, yes. There, is, there is an OVA about kickboxing called Ayane's High Kick that is really boring. I don't recommend watching that. I recommend you watch this show instead. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, who's next? Uh, I'll go next. I'll say, yeah, Morgan was one I wasn't particularly expecting for this kind of character. But as I will definitely learn later in the year... Morgan is a very versatile actress who I really need to give more credit for her comedic timing because she has some really good singers and one-liners. I'd say out of the ensemble cast, yeah, you're right. She probably, she and Tachibana are probably the most grounded and relatable ones, probably. Though you you could argue are you could argue maybe like Hibiki or something. I'd say she's probably. Yeah, I mean grounded, yes. Relatable, maybe not as much. Okay, look, I'd say relatable, and then I remember she could just easily do a dragon flag, which I just remember looking at that first time and just audibly gasping, like, what the fuck? I, 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 I need to try that. I feel I hurt myself really bad. There's an alternative to that if you don't want to go all the way. I, I believe they were talking about that, yes, but yeah. I, I just look at that and I'm like, oh... Oh, my spine hurts looking at you, sweet Christ. Um, but no, Morgan has this very good, like, she sounds kind of like, I don't know, what is it? Like, kind of like a gal personality in the way she acts, but she she's also just kind of a, she's she's a movie buff. I love her and Hibiki are just, like, retro, schlocky action movie movie buffs, and that's just a thing they share together. I'm like, that's that's not a thing you see in a lot of, like, anime girls like that. I like that. I like that they bond over, like, schlocky, like, Barnold shorts and shorts and... Yeah. Arnold. Arnold. They're fucking Arnold. Who are we it's, kidding? It's Arnold. It's yeah. Arnold. But yeah. I love how they Arnold, bond over Arnold. that. But yes, no, she's got this great, like, personality. She has some great chemistry with all the characters. She has some fun little zingers in there. And she just, she's a nice counterbalance to some of the crazier characters in this show. But she's also a ton of fun. Morgan's really showing off some of her, like, sultry comedic chops. And it's, it's delightful. Uh, Morgan is great. Thank you very much. Jamal. So, uh, I kind of had Morgan in my thoughts while I was doing predictions, but I forgot to put him down. Since I would have had the wrong Yaru in that case, but Morgan, I kind of ex- expected a little. Because this is not the first time she's played Yaru. Of course, she's Rocco, which, oddly enough, the characters kind of look similar if you think about it. So, Morgan can break that spot kind of easily, can be a bit unfiltered with the character it needs to be. Because sometimes Aika doesn't really think. Before she speaks, like when she's making all those comments to Hibiki, who's your best friend? Mm-hmm. But, then, but then again, what best friend hasn't made like an unfiltered comment to you? I mean, I know I, my friend has. Yeah. 
We this entire podcast is unfiltered jokes we make at each other's expense. Who the fuck we kidding? But also on top of that, especially like when you get into the trading aspects with her, she kind of reminds me of uh, I think her name was Hozuki from Kota Oto, who's very who's very experienced but doesn't really know how to teach. Like she can't simplify herself to Hibiki. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so she's she's less of a teacher and more of a coach sparring partner for her for her dad's gym. Co- coach advisor. I mean, I like the way Morgan portrays this character. Like, again, she kind of had a few pretty good singers, but you don't really get to see much of Aika at all unless it's like it, she's talking in the background with Hibiki. So, because I know. One of my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the episode six of her is like, "I knew you couldn't do it, Hibiki. You're such a butterball. Who are you calling a butterball?" <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. I'm like, it's it's bits like that, just riffing off of, especially riffing off of who's playing Hibiki. That dynamic was very good. Like, I just I really want to see more of Aika as time goes on. And that's all I have to say. Uh, one thing we have to say about Ayaka is that she tends to sort of wear her, if, I, if this is the right, wear her heart on her sleeve and just have this sort of, like, no fear of saying whatever she wants to Hibiki. Mm-hmm. She is very blunt. She is very yep. blunt because we have to remember, she is the reason that Hibiki joined the gym in the first place because she called her out on being chubby. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe so. Yeah, maybe it's, it's, the, it's maybe if the animators weren't showing how many calories were in everything she's eating, she wouldn't have noticed. Right. Yeah. I. I mean, who do a pop squad sixty nine calories? Yeah. Nice. And then when uh, and even remember when she met up with Akami and they had lunch together, and she's like, "Oh, so you go to the same gym? You're too good for her." I'm like, yeah. she's just it's this complete blunt um, reaction when she's talking about her friend and and yeah it, it's just they sort of roll with it she um, her her stick is tough love basically pretty much yeah and so i like that aspect about her character and i think morgan is able to bring that out really well with that sort of like sarcastic sass just you know sort of backhanded compliment and uh and you know like sugar-coated insults those are really fun to listen to and i think she plays that really well so, um, I also would like to see more more of Ayaka in the future because she is sort of the straight man to the rest of the crazies in the ensemble. But uh, but yeah, that's that's all I really have to say. So, speaking uh, of crazies, speaking of crazies, <laughs> our last three members. Um, let's go on to Akami Suryuin. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, a second-year high school girl who is the student council president at the same school Hibiki attends. She's popular due to being a beautiful girl who excels in sports and academics, and she comes from a rich family. She, <laughs> let's just say they should She put is a, a fan of the muscular form. She is the reason they had to put the splash zone indicators in Silverman's gym. <laughs> Yeah, she, 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 she definitely has a thing for, she definitely has a thing for muscles. I mean, the first episode she talks about. Oh, you think? She talks about the boxer's muscle in the first episode, which looks like a pair of cherries. So you, so you can tell she's into fisting. Mm. 
Oh yeah. Ooh. Whoa. 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 Uh, 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 unlike unlike Ayaka, who's into fisticuffs. Ooh. That did not go where I was expecting. Fuck. Whoa. I don't know if we should put that in the episode. Oh, yeah, it could be honest. oh that's gotta stay. <laughs> oh. I mean, you can definitely tell this girl is quite the thirst. Should she's voiced by Aqua the Japanese? Jamal, Aqua you legit. Jap- you legit made me clutch the pearls with that one. Legit. Oh. Like, wow. Oh, oh. holy. Okay. I've oh. been holding on to those jokes. <laughs> oh, I'm proud. Oh, my God. She actually is. Oh, she's Sora Amamiya, isn't she? Yes. Speaking of which, ha- uh, happy belated birthday to you, ma'am. You're not going to listen to this, but hey, show your respect. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Yeah. No, she she has a muscle fetish, and she joins the Silverman Gym in order to look at all the the sweaty men's, and uh, she wants for herself and and Hibiki to become macho. Um, unlike the others, she is in probably the best general physical condition, uh, and she also has connections to a character from Kid Ganashiro, if you can believe it. I so. can totally believe it because that's a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking money. She has to get that through some way. Yeah. All uh, right. So, anyways, who did we have predictions for Akabe? I had two in mind. Uh, going back to a previous prediction of mine, actually, in regards to... I felt Tia Ballard is would be a very good fit for a show like this because I believe she is somebody who is regularly trains and works out herself. So yep. I thought, you know what? I look at this character, I totally see Tia's high-pitched, crazy voice coming out of Akemi, and I thought she would have been a good fit. As for a secondary prediction of mine, I looked at Akemi and the way she acts and sounds, and I thought, you know who would be fun to hear in this kind of role? Sarah Wiedenhef. I thought Sarah would be an exceptionally well-fit character for <laughs> look, look, let's face Fun. it. There's there's so many jokes. We can talk about how everybody's showing off their gains and all that. There's so many muscle jokes, you guys. There's so many jokes that writes itself. Please move on. Only guy muscle. Uh, Jamal. Gone by muscle. Uh, I had three. One was a mega shipment because I figured, you know, somebody with a dynamic, sweet voice who's kind of obsessive at times. <laughs> Uh, here's the, I also have the occasional connection here because I had Alexis Tipton originally, but I also had uh, Sarah Wiedenhef because I figured Sarah Wiedenhef, like, I could picture Sarah Osma's voice coming out of her. I'm like, yeah, the way Soyuni's uh, kind of upselling a few of these techniques, I mean, I, yeah, I could definitely picture Sarah in this role. Uh, Noah. So I, uh, this is the part where I put Leah Clark in. Um, we know that you know she's somewhere else in the show, but knowing, watching from the first episode, that Akemi is like so, so mad for the muscles that you know she she basically came at the very beginning. Uh, I thought Leah Clark could be the one to play the just that that level of uh, slightly insane while also being perfectly prim and proper as all rich girls are. I don't know which. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering, like, did did Leah play the um? Uh, what's her name? The blonde character from School Rumble. 
Eri? Yeah, Eri. yes, 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 she did. Yeah. That's probably the, the kind of voice I was thinking of. I was like, was that, but with 20% more crazy. You know Eri was a Sudere, right? Yeah. yeah. I like me some Sudere's. With me, um, I also had Alexis in this role, but then I also ha- brought in Natalie Hoover. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see it. Because mm-hmm. I was getting kind of Moi Moi vibes from Akame. Ah, ooh. Yeah. Moi Moi. Uh, but a few of us actually got it right. A playing Akame is the one and only Sarah Wiedenhef. You have, of course, heard her in roles such as Toru in Miss uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. You've heard her as Teresa Wagner in Tata Never Falls in Love. And she was also Sani Kashimura in Alice and Zoroku. So who would like to start us off? I guess I'll go first because, fun fact, I originally had uh, both Sarah and Alexis kind of swapped. But I still put Sarah down here because I figured, you know, I really want to hear uh, her character from Sarah's Eye by her voice that she uses. Because it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like something you would hear in an infomercial. And you can build your thighs in just four weeks. That kind of voice. Today's lucky That's... fortune is the, the, what's it called? The, the power lift. And all this can be used for just a low price of nine ninety nine. That kind of voice... It was definitely why I pictured it then so, because, oh, man, when Sarah gets into the crazy, I mean the muscle fetish kind of crazy, it was such a delight, man. You, <laughs> I just kind of wish, maybe because it's broadcast language, you know, being a cyber and everything, and the, because, you know, in the Japanese, uh, what was the original line for when she starts seeing the muscles? Uh, uh, Jamal, I, you know, I won't be able to remember. It, it, you're talking about like she's, like, she kind of goes incoherent at that part, isn't she? Yeah, it was, it, all, it was something about uh, all these, all these muscles. I might just burst or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it sounds not right. Really implying that she's- I, I, I thought she was going to go the distance in the dub, but I guess maybe because it's broadcast language. Honestly, know. I kind of prefer the clever wordplay instead of just saying I'm going to come. To be honest, I, I agree. I, I think this is like, look, this is still a PG-13 series. Like, this is. This is not going to go whole on. There's not going to be insertion of anything in anywheres unless you're inserting the pegs of the weights that you're about to lift. Insertion was the last thing for my mind, Andrew. I'll just say, you know, it'd be funny if she just went the distance, but hey, all I can say is Sarah did a very good job in this role. Of course, you know, her character's kind of in the background because, you know, she's the health nut. No, okay. Well, she's just nutty, so. Okay, so would you like to hear? Oh, oh, sorry, are you done? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Would you like to hear the exact line of dialogue that killed me, where I realized I'm in for a fucking wild time? Was it in the very yes. first episode? It was in the very first episode. It came out of Sarah's mouth. It was, and I quote. I can snack on those quads like corn on the cob. <laughs> yeah. I heard that shit. I'm like, is 
This is fucking real. This is real. Oh my god. I can't. Oh my god. Okay, so. So. So you liked it. Nah, it was okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Uh, I'm gonna say Teresa Wagner for a second because she's she's got a lot of similar inflection to Teresa. She doesn't have a uh, Scandinavian accent per se, but um, what she loses in the accent, she makes up for at least being at least 300% more horny on Maine. Oh my god. So here's the thing I'll say about Akemi, because Akemi's thing is, yes, she is attracted with the idea of muscles in a female form, but she is not just at the gym to gawk and be like, oh, you're so hot. No, she wants to work for her ideal bod, and she also wants to admire the form, but Ed, she, she puts in the time. She puts in the work, she puts in the time, she puts in the effort. She's a hard worker. Like, she is makes perfect grades at school, She's also just, like, an ideal, like, functional lady. And she's also very knowledgeable about health facts. She she knows her stuff. She's very informative when it comes to t teaching a lot of uh, physical form. The misconception about stretching is something that was really useful to learn, as well as these dynamic stretching things, which I've actually been implementing into my workout routines, which I wouldn't have gotten without this character. Thank you, Akemi. That really caught me off guard, too, and they fully admitted that the misconception about how much you should stretch for working out is a really recent study, because uh, during last uh, school year, I was the coach for Oliver's soccer team, and we started out by stretching every day. If I'd had known that it was actually more beneficial to do, like, tiny arm circles and much less extreme stretching, I would have done that instead. Yeah, which is actually really interesting, but no, yeah, uh, Akemi is a really fun character. She's like one of the craziest, but no, she's actually putting in the work. Okay, fair enough. Look, she's putting in the work and time to get her ideal bod, and she wants to get fit and healthy and swole, and she knows her stuff. She's just a little bit too passionate when it comes to portraying it, and I think she might need to, to control the waterworks a little bit. <laughs> Anyway, control. No, are you okay? I can't hear the word swole anymore without laughing. It's like uh, it, it's it's a goofy term. It's but such no, a goofy. It's term. just she's so fucking crazy and funny, and Sarah is just absolutely delightful in this role. And just there's so many times where she changes inflections in her voice. I think one of my favorites is just like um, when she's like. Where she gets really into it, and she's like, oh, don't you love it when everybody goes into summer? But once summer's over, they'll quit like all the cowards before them. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, that, yeah. At that part, it's kind of typical Sarah Weedham. It's part for the course, but everything else is just fucking dynamic, man. And, and I also love there's this one part where she changes her voice where it's like, if you want to be absolutely certain, wait till it change your body type. And it's like, oh, she's just, she's just great. She's so delightful. And one of my favorite little things that really reminded me a lot of her as Teresa is the phrase, soon we'll both be macho muscle babes. Which, yeah, it's great. She's, she's a rich girl. She's a horny, crazy girl. But she is delightful. And she gave me some genuine health tips. Which, thank yeah. you, Akemi. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is, uh... What this is the kind of uh, role that I I've been waiting for Sarah to do for a while because I, I'm very used to her doing uh, like the, the Toru voice that's more cutesy 
Um, and I know that she's done other roles that I just haven't heard her in before, but this is one that's the first time I've heard her do a prim and proper voice. It's like a very, like I said, it's kind of an archetypal rich uh, girl without being stuck up. Like there is no air of snobbiness to the character in the way that Sarah portrays her. But I love the fact that even when she's getting super flustered, like she's having those uh, very muscle-gasmic moments, like she still maintains the, the vocal affectation of being prim and proper. So that that is really interesting. And even when, like you were saying, Andrew, she shifts tones to the, but when summer is over, they'll quit like all the other losers kind of voice to it. it it's fun to hear the, those changes in her voice. Um, I'm, and she's capable of it, and it sounds in character, which is impressive to me. It is, and the way that I think she maintains it is that, um, and this may be a bit of a dirty word in um, voice acting, but it's it's kind of sing-song-like. Um, I know some people don't like when voice actors do that thing where they speak all of their lines in a very sing-song kind of way, that if you turned off the dialogue, it sounds like they're singing a song. And Sarah does that throughout the way that she portrays Akemi in a lot of ways, but it's mostly because she's like, really into the describing how to stay healthy and the ways to you know do the workout regimen to other people who are learning it so it, it doesn't bother me all that much um i don't really have a, a qualms with this character it is kind of a shame that she doesn't really get to do too much after those first couple of episodes like she doesn't quite have an arc her arc is she starts rich and stays rich and that's her character arc and you know what her character is just rich with entertainment and, yeah, and money. Yeah. Her, the, the, the learning, that her, learning that you can get, that her sister has set up uh, free gym memberships, basically, for all the students in their academy, just like, boosh, like, I want to go to that school. That's, yeah. That is, yeah. And, and the weirdest part is, especially with her muscle fetish, she has more personality than Cole from Free. Oh, oh. I don't know if we oh. should keep that in the final recording. I mean, she doesn't... Ha- I don't know. Regardless, uh, I, I think her character at some point is that she basically becomes the mentor... She becomes the female mentor figure friend when... Because yeah. mm. she kind of knows her stuff. She knows most of her stuff already. Yeah, yeah she does. You're right. But, um, I'm sorry. Um, Hardy, what, what, what you got to say? Oh, yes. Um, basically, agree with you all. She's very entertaining to watch with her little bouts of craziness. But, uh, yeah, she seems very, very heartfelt, very sweet and very, um, very caring, but also a little bit on the kinky side. So I think Sarah, Sarah play, plays that very well. Although, let's be honest, screw burpees, man. Burpees yeah. suck. Okay, uh, yeah. I, I didn't actually try burpees because that wasn't the one they did at the end of the episode, but those look like those could get very tiring. Right. And has anyone noticed that we've seen the girls in their swimsuits three times and yet no one, none of them have ever gotten in the water at all? Hmm. Kind of like that. There has been, there's been no swimming whatsoever. Why get wet when you can sweat? Yep. Well, I mean, did, did you want to have an encounter with sharks in that one episode? Okay, let's be Maybe? real. Okay, look, Ayaka could totally deck a hammerhead. Let's be real. And, and seeing, seeing how Hibiki completely dislodged that 100-pound uh, punching bag, she, I think she could probably take out a shark. 
These girls don't know their true potential. They can take on gods. Remember, this is from the same artist who does Kengen Ashura. Let that sink in. But please don't get them involved in Bloodsport. They're pure and innocent and shouldn't get involved in Bloodsport capitalism. Speaking of pure and innocent, mm. Mm -hmm. let, let's move on. Who's ready for some beefcake? Oh, give me that beefcake. I'm ready to chow down. That, yeah, give me the whole platter. I want the whole damn buffet. All right. So we no move on. No forks or knives are even going to touch this flesh. <laughs> yes. The only male member of the cast we will be discussing today. Naruzo Machio, a trainer at Silverman's Gym who regularly coaches the girls. Uh, Hibiki has a crush on him. Uh, everybody has a crush on everybody him. Everybody has first. a crush on him. Yeah. He, he's dedicated, kind-hearted, and polite. He's very professional. He always earnestly helps and supports everyone that he, that he tries to assist. Uh, although, when he's wearing his tracksuit, he seems like a completely normal uh, person. Every once in a while, he has to flex and completely make his tracksuit explode. <laughs> Oh, into his that, that's a strong flex. That poor, yes. poor tracksuit company just going well, through makes While Machio looks no different than a regular young man with his clothes on, he has a large and well-defined physique that once he flexes his muscles, he reveals a muscle mass so large that he literally rips his clothes, which contrasts with his baby face. Oh, he's got the, he's got the body of Kenshiro with the face of a harem protagonist. It's like someone <laughs> photoshopped a dream boy idol on top of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Basically, it, yes. It's like something you do on a dare. It's what if you made your generic anime protagonist and made him like 12 times the size? Yeah. Can't spell Bacho without Bacho because it's a pop. Bacho's name. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, just... Pretty sure they did that on purpose. Holy shit, oh I just God. got that. Yeah. So okay. anyway, who wants to talk about the beefcake? I would love to talk about the beefcake, Mr. Hardy. Mm -hmm. I had uh, two people in mind because, especially when it came to casting Machio, I thought there are some voice act. Because here's the thing about acting. You need to kind of stay in shape in some way or form for certain performances. So you don't necessarily need to be like in shape, but certain performances and certain things in stage and acting, you need to be at least somewhat fit and work your body to be a little bit in shape. So I thought, you know what? There's a couple of voice actors around Funimation Entertainment that are quite well worked out, so to speak. They are quite gifted in the muscular form. Mm -hmm. I had two people in mind who I thought had both the physical physique as well as a good tone of voice that could pull off all of the sides of Machio's muscles. Rico Fajardo and Brandon McInnes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Jamal, what do you have to say? Uh, going off of Machio, I mean, going off of Machio you because it's a... Uh... Kaito Ishikawa, I figured, you know, somebody with a strong voice but can also match that kind of baby face he has at times. I also had Rico Fajardo, but I also had Justin Bryder. <laughs> and I could also see it. Yeah. And, and Stephen Fu. All right. Yeah, yeah. 
Noah, what do you think? I am racking my brain hard on this, and there's a good chance that once we're done recording, I'll remember why. I have no idea, though, why I picked Kyle Phillips for this. But I... Um, what, what? You know what? No, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Kyle's a big boy. Kyle's a pretty big boy. He I mean, he had it. nothing to do with, like, his actual look. Like, I'm looking at, you know, his full bearded self, and I'm like, yeah, I'd hit that. But there had to have been some <laughs> show that he had actually done... <laughs> That I'd actually heard him in, and I can't for the life of me remember what it was. So I'm, I'm just gonna say, you know, I, that was my uh, one. Psyche K, maybe? No, I, ha- I haven't seen that one. Denki Kabadabi? I haven't seen that one either. T- I- Hardy, tell me your prediction. You, d- you know who Denki Kaminari is. You okay. know who Denki Kaminari is. Oh, oh, from um, uh, My Hair Academia. Right, Electro Boy. I don't know. Maybe that was it? That, that might have yeah. been it because there, yeah, there's a dorkier side to uh, to Machio and that maybe, yeah, you know, we'll say that we'll say that it was probably okay. Electro Boy himself. Okay. okay, I actually had two, and one of them I did get right. Um, I wanted to go complete the the opposite of the big muscle bound uh, Macho Man and just focus specifically on on Machio's just sweeter side. And so I picked who who did we have who could play sweet boys? I went with Howard Wang and Stephen Fu. All right, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and it turns out that who is actually playing Machio is in fact Stephen Fu. You have heard Stephen Fu in roles such as Anti from SSSS Gridman, uh, Genji from Kakarillo, and Itsuki Hashima from A Sister's All You Need. <laughs> so oh, wow. Of all the shows you could have pulled. Yes. Mm. So, what do we think about the beefcake? Well, this is the one role where I kind of have a little bit of, I'm not quite sure. Because the character is, uh, the acting is good. Um, I think Steven acts really well. Like, he's he's informative, and it's engaging to listen to. But there's something about the delivery, because there's a slight snark in the back of his throat that... I think he's supposed to match his uber confidence. Like, he's not super machismo, like, ha ha ha, I must teach you the ways of the exercise kind of voice. It's just, like, a guy who loves his body so much and he loves helping other people get exercised up that he's just got some snark in him that I, I don't know entirely. It, it's just very different, I think. It's just, that's what it is. It's different from every other kind of nonchalant male harem protagonist that I've heard in the past. Um... So, yeah, it, it, I think it just took a little getting used to. But then again, the character itself, it's a little jarring. So maybe having the voice be jarring is kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go next because I did want to bring this up. I don't think Machio is a narcissist at all. Yeah, I, I never I, got that impression. Not, I don't know where you got that idea. I think but. he's he's just very proud of what he has accomplished. And he wants others to be proud of their own bodies. Sure. And, and, you know, I think that little bit of a snark is not so much snark, but it's confidence. It's like he's, pride. He's confident in his self. And, you know, and yeah, he's proud to show off his body. And he has every right to because he's worked hard to do so. That's a good and, point. Uh, and, and he's not conceited whatsoever. He's proud of his own, mm. his, his accomplishments. But I wouldn't say that he's conceited because he, he wants to genuinely help everyone else achieve their goals i mean he is not going to push you too hard he will push you a little bit 
He's not going to let you give up, but I mean, he's always going to tell you, okay, you did a great. You take some rest. Don't push yourself too hard. We'll do a little bit more uh, the next time. And he's worked hard, trained hard. He supports you. He's earned the right to let his banana, banana hammock hang out for a little <laughs> bit. There is that, I think that he does point out a lot of um, errors that the newbies make. Like um, a lot of manly men will try to do deadlifts with really heavy weights. And that's a really bad way to start out with. So you're right. Do not do a deadlift if you don't think you can do it. That shit, like, no, don't do it. Don't do a deadlift unless you have experience. Don't, don't do it unless you're wearing a kendo mask and you're in an idol competition. Mm. Yes. Right. And but, don't do it if your back hurts, for fuck's sake. But anyways, about Steven's performance, I absolutely love him as as Machio because he I, I like his, his just his sweet demeanor tone. He's got this genuine nicety to him. Like, you know, if you walk through the doors of this gym, this guy he's gonna be a little bit intimidating at first, but he genuinely wants to help you, and I think that really comes out in Steven's performance. And I also also really like when he does go into his big macho flex moments and puts a little grit behind it, it's 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 not the voice that you would expect, but it is it, it's a fitting voice for the character who's. I mean, this is let's be real here. If you've watched Kid Gun Ashura, there are other characters who are just like Machio, um, built in everything with this, with this baby face at all, and uh, and and he would not he would fit in perfectly on that show. He wouldn't fight. He's a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, no, Machio wouldn't hurt a fly. And so I was seeing people like, hey, they should put Machio in the kid gun matches. So I'm like, bitch, you, how dare you? He would He would be the guy just giving, like, cotton candy to the kids. That would right. be good. Manly yeah. cotton candy. Yeah. But I like Steven a, lo- a lot in this role. I think he did a really good job. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say this. This was... This character is something else. He is hysterical, hilarious, and even getting past, like, the visual gag of just him breaking his tracksuit and just, like... Also, I love the the other visual gag where he literally zips himself back to being skinny. <laughs> like, that's just a good visual gag. He right deflates. But he, Machio just has this very sweet, supportive, like, encouraging, in, informational persona like he is he there is nothing about him where i feel like he is going to, i'll say this uh, the narrator of the show he's the guy that's gonna be a mean snarky asshole to our main characters machio is not there to mock condescend or judge anybody he's like everybody has their lives everybody's going through their own circumstances whether you're bigger or smaller or leaner i am here to help you and i want to help you i want you to help me to help you and that's his deal he's a very supportive figure he's always in your corner and i admire that and also just steven has just this nice relaxed like friendly vibe about him where it's just i would i would hang out with you i would chill with you i'd go out for some darts or something play some video games and then when he flexes (laughs) when he his one quirk is he needs to flex sometimes and his voice just goes and just the deep tone of voice when he starts flexing and showing off is so good and there's one part that kills me which i'm almost convinced i think was like something he added where it's just like when he first breaks out of his tracksuit is (laughs) 
Couldn't help myself! <laughs> I'm like, that must have been a script edition or something, but it's just... He's just so supportive and kind and charismatic and just full of machismo. And I also love when he actually, like, challenges Hibiki to an arm wrestling match. And he wins, but he's like, oh, I had to try. And he's just like, there are times when one needs to get serious. <laughs> this was that time. And then also just the rest of the time just being friendly and cute and supportive. And man, Stephen Fu has been around for a little bit. I'm happy this is the year where he's getting the opportunity to show what he's made of. Because he fucking deserves it. I was very impressed with his performance as Anti in Gridman. And he has gotten to show his stuff in 2019. And he's really proven himself to be very good at comedies. Especially when he was in Robohachi. I loved him in that. I loved him in this. Also, I need to uh, clarify one thing before I move on and end my segment. I will say Stephen Fu is fantastic. He's a perfect Machio. I do not believe Machio fucks. I, I don't think so either. I don't believe no. Machio fucks. No. He has, he has the... I, I've, I've read the manga. He doesn't. I'm, okay, Jamal, that doesn't fucking mean anything. That doesn't mean jack shit. 95% of the time, nobody fucks in manga. They fuck all the time in doujin, but no, I don't believe even in doujin. I would read a doujin of these characters, and I would see Machio Let, doing Let's that. not... I don't believe that's in. real. Machio would not touch anybody. I don't believe he has any desire or libido. He just wants to be a supportive person in your corner. He will be there for you. He will offer you a nice teddy bear hug, and he will be there for you, and he will support you, and he will give you a protein shake. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is Machio's amazing. Do not lose the Machio. <laughs> but yes, he has earned the right to let his dick out. Jamal, please. Uh, to any inspiring doujin artists out there, if I ever see you make doujin of this anime, I will burn the fucking internet down. Mm. Jamal! Jamal! You really underestimate me. Hold the brakes there. there. There will be porn. That is true. But, there is. But, there already is. But Machio... No, 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 no. Here's what's going to happen. Machio will be in the doujin, but what he will be doing is he will be off to the side pages describing the techniques they are using and how best to maximize <laughs> your exercise potential for this whole thing, and that at the end of the day, he will turn to you and he will, with thumbs up, he will say to the camera, true strength comes from within, and that will be the end of the doujin. Oh, fuck, you're right. Look, look, there's a lot of physical activity when it comes to intercourse. He wants to make sure that you are using proper technique, you are not blowing out your back, and he wants to make sure you are practicing safe sex. I don't believe he fucks, <laughs> but I can believe he teaches sex ed. Anyway... <laughs> I remember sex ed. That guy was awesome. Right. Anyway, yeah, Stephen Fu did a pretty good job in this role. I mean, I know it's not the voice people would expect, because, I mean, Kato Ishikawa's voice was kind of deep, but, you know, the thing about it is, you can't really tell the age of the character, at least not yet, but Stephen we're told, Match is... We're told he's in his early 20s. Well, yeah, I can buy that for a few reasons, but Stephen manages to keep it sounding young because, you know, he has the baby face that's inadvertently photoshopped onto this gorilla body. I mean, he this voice alone, it sounds like a combination of Greg Ayers, Derek Snow, and Blake Shepard. And I like how he manages to keep the balance between uh, standard Machio and uh, 
his final form, Machio, uh, for lack of a better term. You haven't even seen his final form. <laughs> That's for a later episode. But anyway, like Steven did, uh, Steven did a pretty good job. Damn it, I lost my train of thought now. No. But Steven did a pretty good job with this role. I really want to hear more from him. I know we're going to hear more from him soon, so... <laughs> All right, so with that in mind, are we ready to finish up our workout and head on to our last main character? Uh, it's time for our final workout reps. Bring on the uh, dragon before we, mm -hmm. before we put in the towel, yes. Right, okay. Moving on to our main character, Miss Hibiki Sakura. Uh, Hibiki is a second-year high, high school girl who decides to go to the Silverman Gym in order to slip down. Unfortunately, due to a lack of regular exercise and her own terrible eating habits, which the show constantly reminds us, she tends to tire out easily, and any progress she does achieve is quickly reverted. Uh, in spite of starting as easily as the most unfit of the cast, she is revealed to have a hidden talent for combat sports, which she demonstrates by breaking one of the punching bags at Ayaka's gym with relative ease. Her overall physical condition also improves substantially to the point she can sprint at a speed that rivals Akami's. Her brother owns a yakiniku restaurant where she helps out when more workers are needed. She's got to serve up that beef. This so, show needs to be nicer to Hibiki, because I know she's working on her way to stuff, but she's got so much charm and charisma and energy. She's giving yes. 120%. She's a hard worker. She goes to school. She works for money and stuff. She's working for the food. She works hard for the money. So you better treat her right. <laughs> yes, Hibiki is my daughter, and I will hurt anybody who mistreats her improperly. Oh, she can hurt them she, for you. Don't worry. Well, that. she can hurt them, yeah, but, you know, there's times she'll want to fight, you know? Mm. Also, she's a she's a action movie butt, so she's already a woman after my own heart already. All right. So, yeah. who did we have predictions for for Hibiki? I want to go last. All right, go. Okay. All right, I, I'm going to stay here. Um, so, one of the downsides of uh, following voice actors on Twitter is that they will often spoil which roles they've done. Um, in mm -hmm. this case here, I didn't get this right because... Um, Sarah Wheatonheff was my guest on this one because I saw really quickly that she had posted that she was in this show, but I had scrolled past so quickly because I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to know what role you're in. I don't want to know the role, but I'm like, okay, so I know you're in the show somewhere before I even started watching it. So I thought she was Hibiki. Okay. So is that your prediction? Uh, that is my, that was my official. Well, there's my prediction. All right. How about you, Hardy? Oh, yes. I actually came up with... I was just throwing darts at a wall for this one. I'm like, okay, there are so many capable actresses out there. Who would I cast as Hibiki? And so I picked at least three. Um, the ones I could definitely remember off the top of my head were Jade Saxton, uh, Megan Shipman, and I think I even had... Uh, one more in there, but I can't remember. But I know those two for sure. And so I was like, you know, just cover all my bases. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I will say I had two predictions for the character of Hibiki. Uh, this one's my... I'm going to say my second one first. My second prediction is because I've seen this actress in a lot of comedies this year, and she has been really funny every time I hear her work in comedies. And I thought, you know what? I'd like to see her as a leading lady in a comedy like this. Danny Chambers. Mm -hmm. Although Tammy Chambers would have been a very good fit. And this one, 
I completely, 110% admit, was kind of biased to following this person on Twitter. I saw they were super excited about the show and would it would enjoy work. They seemed very super jazzed about this show, and I thought, you know what? They have the voice for it. Madeline Morris can totally be Hibiki. No. No, that can't happen. So, Jamal. Okay, so, uh, I'm starting with my second prediction. Uh, default is default. I had Brene Bull because Blonde, Twin Tails, she plays that character very well. Go with my Kato connection, I had Emily Carters. I mean, it could work. But my first prediction, from the time I, this was announced, I had a voice pegged in my head. From the time I saw the PV, I was like, you know what? She could she could definitely she could do this role if she wanted to. From the time she talked about Mob Psycho 100 and the Body Improvement Club, I was like, no, no, it couldn't be. And then the next day, this anime got licensed for a dub. And I was like, I swear to God, if it's not Madeline Morris, this is gonna be the biggest fucking tease since that time people thought Travis Willingham was gonna be in feed. <laughs> I have wow, a big announcement old. to make. It's Tuesday. Yes, because... Yes, and I will explain why once we get into it. Because, uh, who else could it be, Hardy? Well, it, uh, as it turns out, it is indeed Madeline Morris. Um, you've heard her in roles such as I, Tanahara, and Harukana Receive. She's Maria... Maria Totska in Seven Mortal Sins, and she's Sophie. She's played a couple of Sophies actually: Sophie in Double Decker and Sophie in Garo Vanishing Line. Man, you want to, want to talk about daughters? I'd protect with my life. Sophie in Garo is the best, and uh, she has done nothing wrong ever. Exactly. So I'm, who I'm, wants to I'm go going, first? I'm going last. <laughs> oh, you want to go last? Okay. All right. So. I will, I will say this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot I could say about her particular performance. I could say how versatile her voice is for comedy when it comes to eccentric reactions, goofy reactions, and all that jazz. But everybody else is probably going to say that for me. I will say two things. A, in a year stacked with amazing women in comedy anime dubs... I did not think the the potential running the in the running race for what I felt would be my best com best female in a comedy dubby. I did not think this race would be as tight as it is, but I could definitely say Madeline Morris may or may not be a potential runner up in that because she is the fucking funniest performance in the show and she is literally fucking killing it and she is absolutely nailing it. I can talk about performance, but what I can do instead is save you some trouble and read some of, not all, because I can't do all, but I can read some of the best things Hibiki Sakura has said in this fucking show. Hey girl, I see you. That's look of lust if I've ever seen one. Busted. You're here for that Machio meat too, and I ain't even mad. Just shows that you can judge a man by his face, and he doesn't have to be a rock wall for you to want to climb him. <sighs> Your bot is so sick. It makes me, well, sick. 
It's like a million dollar crazy up in here. You wanna... Do you wanna go eat our feelings? And and I love her, her delivery of just like... Oh, like, after she works out her... Uh, her... Her hamstrings and rips her short. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna fall over. Catch me. This is the part that's gonna suck. Oh, uh, yeah, this is the part that's gonna suck. There's so many fucking... Most of these lines are... In are just all Hibiki Sakura. She's got a gr she's got a boner for grossly huge muscles. I feel you. You're here to bring that bot to life. A little something extra to wake the men's up. I've got the ones like you never see. Wait, that didn't come out right. Oh, uh, my favorite was when she approached. She came up to uh, Tachibana at the <gasps> Kami Cat. Yes. She's like, Oh, I see. You're into BL too. He's oh, like, there's a God. great section over there by the right. Oh, the fact that she's bonding with her teacher over boys' love is like, oh, my God. You are my child. I love you. You are precious. Uh, Madeline Morris is fucking perfect. And in a year that's already stacked of amazing ladies in comedy dubbing, she's another t high up there for me. Good job. Noah, go ahead. Uh, this is, If you've heard the Japanese for Hibiki... Um, it's a very different voice than uh, the one Madeline gives it. Um, and I don't just mean just because the languages are different. I mean, the archetypes are a bit different. Because I fully expected that in English, Hibiki would have a, kind of a, a raspier um, gal girl kind of voice to her. Um, which she has a bit of that. Like, the inflections are a little bit of that. But more than anything else, it's just a supernatural, goofy voice. Uh, not goofy voice. The voice itself is not goofy. The delivery, like her lines are all over the place goofy. It's the kind of person that I think is fully comfortable with who she is. Like the things she's into, the weird quirky things that she likes. And she has no shame about that at all, which you shouldn't. And I love the fact she, that she's just happy about the things she likes. And while everybody wants to make her feel bad about her weight, she's working on it. She's working hard. I love her. I believe Yeah. Her. And I, I had a little bit of a problem at first with the, that the show was going to go with the very typical uh, her, her, her girl, uh, girl thinks she's fat and wants to get boys kind of uh, archetype. But um, I, I want to forgive that just because of the fact that Madeline performance of Hibiki is just so refreshing to listen to and it, the weird thing is that it, even when she she goes all over the place like her voice goes from cool and collected to freaked out chibi voice to exposition to lampshading what's going on all over the place and she never loses that natural inflection at all it's like the, it's like the ramped up version of someone that you may have known in high school who was just absolutely a blast to be around. Like, this is the kind of people who I like to hang out with when I go to conventions. So, do I have any qualms? Like, I want to find a qualm with this. I want to be the one person who says, like, I am super critical, and I found something that could be worked on. And I can't really find anything on this. It's just, she. there's a good reason she's the lead character of the show. She's the kind of character who we... I think she's the most relatable, because she wears her faults and her fears on her sleeve. And, like you were saying, she is working hard, at fixing those, like, all of us wish we could. She makes me want to be a better person. So wait to go, Madeline. <coughs> I am going to go do some quads as soon as we are done with this. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamal, you wanted to go last? Yeah. Okay, I guess that's me then. Um, yes, it is. All right. Uh, I have to agree with you guys. This is 
probably one of my favorite comedic performances of the year. And that's saying something considering Madeline Morris was also in another show, which we'll talk about later, uh, which was also one of my favorite comedic performances of the year. And so I think she just plays Hibiki just so perfectly well and relatable and just, you know, she's all over the place and she sounds like happy and, and, and boisterous one minute and just absolutely like angry and, and frustrated and like in pain and like, oh God, I'm going to die. Please help me. And I think we can all sort of relate to all of those emotions that she's able to bring out. And so, yeah, I think she did a phenomenal job in this performance. So, Jamal, would you like to speak? Yeah, the thing about it is, this is actually my standout performance overall. Because the thing about Madeline is this. Like, I'm very familiar with her range. And I know she can do comedy well. But when I heard her as Hibiki, I was like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. <laughs> because... Even though, because even though I saw the Japanese first, I mean, I love Ai Farouz, and this is it's probably her only second role, but Madeline just has something extra to it, like, and she's even said herself, because Hibiki is a relatable doofus, I mean, she's a character I can relate to easily, she's a character she, she can relate to easily, I mean, I know actors are not their characters, but <laughs> one of my favorite lines that kind of really brought the whole thing to life was a... Uh, when Hibiki tours the gym, she says that she was expected to be pastel dumbbells and yoga mats. To which Madeline posted a tweet of that exact thing. I was like, oh my god, this, this is too real. This is, it's like she was, every once in a while, you know, an actress destined for a character. I guess that kind of reminds her of them of them in some way. You're, I mean, you're, yeah. you're you're basically saying this was her destiny in a way. I mean, Chris Wakecamp had Kodai and Star Blazers. Madeline Boys is not voicing Hibiki Sakura. Madeline Boys is literally Hibiki Sakura, and she can and she can agree to this too. It's like it's like oh I, my god, I mean, yeah, okay. Because I've cause I've chatted with her back and forth on this, and I know she loves that character very much. Like. Or than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just enjoyed the heck out of it. I mean, I... Again, actors not the characters, but I cannot separate the two. No matter how hard I try. Because when I watch it on screen, it's like... I'm just... I'm just enjoying the comedy. I'm just enjoying the antics, you know. It's, it madly makes Hibiki a ton of fun. And, uh... Before we move on to, uh, f- final thoughts, I just want to give a shout-out to Madeline Because right now... She uh she has a strep throat and uh, I wish her best of recovery. She, she will probably be recovered by the time this is done, but we're wishing you recoveries anyways, Madeline. Feel better. Feel yes. better. Very this, much this, so. this this is not something I do often, but you know that's how much I enjoy Madeline as this character. How much I enjoy Madeline in general. And I okay. Can't, I can't wait to see how this is gonna end. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so shall we move on to final thoughts as we uh, put our weights out? I'm ready to place my dumbbells back on the rack. I'm yeah. ready to wipe, make grab sure my protein. Wipe, wipe everything down. Wipe everything yep. down. No, you seriously, want, yes, do please. remember to wipe everything down. If they, if, yes. your, if your gym is irresponsible and doesn't have wipes, get a new gym. Yeah. If your gym doesn't have spray bottles, get a new gym. Mm. Yes. 
All right. Anyways, final thoughts. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, um, the reason I watched the show was um, solely for the the lols factor of of Dobakobo doing another cute girls doing cute things show, but instead of it being making video games or sipping tea, it's about working out, which is novel. And it's like there's one other anime I know of that uh, tried this premise. Um, it's um, it's like uh, working out with Hinaka. Um, don't watch it. It's it's a very exploitative OVA. It's 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 it is a first person anime. Which if you know what a first person anime is, you got a pretty good idea. Yeah, that those things should not. No, no, make that a video game. Don't make that a show. So I'm pleased to announce that not only is this a much better workout show than that was, or any other workout show I've seen. This is a beautifully funny anime. This is the kind of anime that I I wish would get super popular. Like, it would be the kind of thing that you would share around with your friends. Not even the whole thing. Like, just clips of it you would share with them. That's why this whole episode we've been referencing the lines in it. Because they're just absolutely beautiful. And the entire premise of trying to get you to be more interested in working out, I think it does its job pretty well. Because I've seen quite a few people who... Or actually, like said, well, I'll try at least one of these exercise techniques, and that does a good endeavor. It's very rare that you find an anime that not only is trying to entertain, but is also trying to improve society. So, full props mm-hmm. on that one. And the dub and itself? I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the dub is um, perfectly fitting for this kind of wacky um, localization of it. There are... There are parts in the sub that would have been difficult to translate directly into English. And uh, for all the liberties that uh, Leah and Clint took in the writing and the way that Jade directed them, I could not have asked for a better translation of this. Because the kind of people who are going to be watching this um, in dub at all are the kind of people who will absolutely adore this kind of comedy. More of this, more of the workout. Let's improve our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew, do you want to go next? Uh, okay, so yeah, I'll say this much. This is... I had a hunch from watching this, this was going to be my kind of thing. I'm a big fan of Dokakobo comedies. Visually, they are very entertaining. Their, their cute character designs are very good. I especially like it when all the characters are not, in fact, uh... Eight-year-old girls, you know. Right. That's my uh, one to ten callouts post for tonight, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, wow. um, but yes, um, this show. I was expecting this. I was gonna have a fun time with this, and I would learn some techniques. Maybe what I was not expecting was just how much love and passion goes into the art of working out, being physically fit, like. The person who wrote this manga is somebody who has such reverence and admiration for physical fitness and working out. Like, you can tell just from everything that is jammed into this. There is a love for this. And that passion comes across in this adaptation from Dogakobo, And it comes across in the English dub as well. They are having a great time. This cast is so funny and entertaining, and I it is a joy to watch these characters interact. It is goofy, it is funny. And I am also learning a lot about physical fitness. Not only that, I have been encouraged to do every single activity, every single activity I've wanted to try at the end of each episode, and I have done so. 
I have done it, and some of them are harder than others. Do not do a lateral raise if you don't think you can lift your weights, by the way. That feels hard. Yeah. That, that was the one with the chairs, right? No, actually, it was not the one with the chairs. That. Oh, God, I didn't even do dump dumps because dumps is like, I oh, don't yeah. think I have sturdy enough chairs. Dips, not dumps. Oh, my God. Did I say Yes. Oh my shit. I would have had it any other way. No, that's dumps. Oh, that's a, that's, that's that's the Russian porn parody. <laughs> no. Oh lordy. Uh, yes. Okay. No, I'm done. And this is an entertaining show. The dub is phenomenal, and I. I'm glad that the show encourages me to want to work out and be more physically fit. Thank you very much. And also, this part could get cut, Hardy. I'm going to look for the patrons that you can uh, read off. Give me a minute or two. Thank you. Uh, all right, Jamal, go ahead. So, the thing about this show was, from the time I first heard about it, I remember uh, a certain YouTuber had me quite vested in it by the name of uh, Jax Blade. Shout out to him. Yeah, the man's a personal trainer by nature. And when I saw, when I first saw the episodes, I, I thought to myself, yeah, this, is, this is gonna be a very fun show. This is gonna be a very good show indeed. And I'm glad we're able to cover a sports show for the summer. Like, we tried to do that last year, but, you know, shit happens. But mm -hmm. I, I was very glad because, you know, the time is right. It's, it's one of those shows that really gets you. No pun intended. It really gets you pumped up for the season. It really gets you hyped. I mean, the show really did make me want to work out. I haven't kept up with my workouts, but I have been trying to change my dieting habits. To the point, like, I do, like, small meals, like, five days a week or so, you know. But trying fasting and stuff. But but this, sh this show is very beneficial. This show is very entertaining. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't sleep on this show because I know like you got the big three this season. I will actually make this the big four because dumbbells is seem to be believed that yeah you could write it off as kind of a fan service show, but the, they play up they have they use the fan service to their advantage. Whereas with like it, whereas unlike other shows, you know it's kind of like unnecessary. So everything in this show has a purpose. Every, Every character in the show is kind of self-aware what they need to be. The dub reflects that. The dub is very unique. I've said time and time again, I would really love to own the Jade Saxton dub on DVD, but, you know, like, my shelf space is limited in certain circumstances. But do not sleep on this show. Jamal, mm -hmm. Give this... What's what, up? What, what is one show where the fan service was unnecessary? Uh, it's for another show we're covering. A couple of people complain about a couple of the characters, like, being unnecessary, or, like, there's, like, little bits of fan service that wasn't really needed. I'll tell you after the recording. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, don't, but, yeah, don't sleep on this show. Give this show a chance. Even if it's something you won't like, give this show a chance. All right. And, uh, I guess when it comes down to me... It's been one of my favorite shows of the season. It's just absolutely consistently funny, and uh, the characters are charming, and I actually quite enjoy the fan service. And I'm also 
sort of learning things as I go. Um, yeah, I, I think it's been the sleeper hit of the season, and yeah. gen- people genuinely seem to like it. If they don't like it, they like at least something about it. And so, if if you if you want, in the mood for a funny comedy that uh, that you could actually learn something from, then definitely check out this show. How heavy are the dumbbells that you lift? Yeah, the one thing we forgot to mention about the show is it shows good sportsmanship because, you know, nobody's undermining anybody, even though I is a little unfiltered at times. Everybody's there to help each other, you know, help each other work out, get fit. I mean, they, they do they do kind of, um, they dunk on uh, Miss Tachibana more than anybody else. Well, see, that's just Hibiki. No, no, uh, Gina Actually, unintentionally blackmails her. Well, here's the thing. Gina went along with the blackmail because Miss Tachibana thought she was going to blackmail her. And Gina said she didn't want to do that, but if if that was that kind of thinking, you know. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying, like, the, the in the universe of the show, uh, she's the one who gets dunked on the most. Okay, other than a couple of mistakes, yeah, other than a couple of mistakes, everybody shows good sportsmanship towards each other, and that's... Really, all you need in life, you know, help each other out to achieve each other's goals. All right, so one thing that this show teaches us is that after a workout, one thing that's good is to eat your protein or to take some protein. And one within the first thirty minutes. Within the first thirty minutes, right, right. Anyways, we gotta wrap this up. So, uh, if you would like to watch the dub of "How Heavy Are the Dumbbells That You Lift," you can do so on Funimation. They also have the subtitled version available. Um, that's at Funimation.com. You uh, can sign up for a, I believe it's still seven day free trial, or is it two week? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two week free trial. After which they uh, the cost is uh, I think seven dollars a month. Seven ninety nine a month. Seven ninety nine a month. And uh, you can watch it there. Um, if you do decide not to to cancel after the uh, the free trial, uh, make sure that you take your credit card info out because they will charge it if you're not careful. Um, let's see. If you want to find out more of us, uh, we're gonna cut our, our 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 goodbyes a little bit short. You can find me at Spaceman Hardy. You can find him at Noah Clue. You can find him at Magamon 9000. And you can find him at Jamstar uh, 529. Yeah, 129. On Twitter. 529. 529. Jamal, uh, you need to be here to defend your own numbers. Yes. We also. Yeah, I'm sorry, Becky interrupted me for a second. So. That's right. We also have uh, Instagram. Uh, our own Twitter account at Dub Talk Podcast. Uh, we also have a Patreon and a Coffee account. And as far as our Patreons go, patrons go, we have Michelle Travis, Nico Robin, but with Yowie hands, Marissa Linty, Jacob Wilson, Sheridan Valadek, Weeby, Carly Lastikow, Jared, and Brad Mitchell. Thank you all. You are all awesome people. Thank you guys so much. And. Signing out for the rest of the Dub Talk podcast. Always remember, true strength strength comes from within. within. Yes. Oh, that was not in sync. Oh, Lord. Okay, we need to do that on a count of three, okay? All right. right. One. One, two, three. True strength comes from within. From within. We'll make it work.
Otakuwa, my friends. Aloha. Smooches. Love your muscles. Keep it manly. All right. Oh, my muscle. Off to the Macho gym day. with you. Don't snap me in the butt with a towel this time. Macho day. Kiss my tattoo, so I'm